Welcome to the Digging Deep ATVMX Podcast with your host, hailing from Kakana, Wisconsin, riding a CST Tires SSI decals traveling back Yamaha YFC 450R, four-time ATV Motocross National Champion, number 25. Cody Jensen. What's up, everybody? We're back. Welcome to the latest edition of the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast, episode 98 of the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast, presented by our title sponsor, CST Tires, in stock and available for purchase today at shop.csttires.com. I'm your host, Cody Jansen, saying hello to our nearly 186,000 monthly Digging Deep listeners in all 97 countries in which you are listening, and this is our Wavos Pro Invitational Review Podcast. With the help of event promoter, ATV legend and icon, and the man behind Wavos himself, Wes Miller, inaugural event winner Bryce Ford, and industry insider Casey Greek, we have this awesome event covered from all angles, so let's dive right in here on the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast. But first, let's quickly shout out all of our incredible partners. CST Tires, go to shop.csttires.com today. Yamaha, thanks to Blue Crew. Thanks to SSI decals, DID Racing Chain, Namira Technologies, Bronco ATV and UTV components, Impact Solutions, Lunderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply, the financial advice of the Haymower Financial Group, Forworks Carbon, DP Brakes, Factory 43, Integrative Financial Concepts and their Safe to Race and Safe to Ride Insurance programs, Binkies Forever ATC Museum, Evans Waterless Power Sports Coolant, Walsh Racecraft, and Manscaped. Get 20% off and free shipping with code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. You know the deal. Manscaped signature line, the Performance Package 4.0, includes the new Lawnmower 4.0 electric trimmer that I rely on to help keep my beard on point, the best nose hair trimmer ever created, and an array of goodies like deodorant, boxer briefs, a travel bag, and more. So check out Manscaped. I wish I would have sooner and get 20% off with free shipping by using code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. So rad that Manscaped has invested in ATV racing as a longtime partner of Digging Deep. Help us keep them in the fold and involved in ATV racing by using our Digging Deep 20 code so they know that you enjoy what we're doing here at Digging Deep. I actually just hooked Dallas, my producer, my brother, up with Manscaped's Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, which, full disclosure, is my favorite product of theirs. So he's going to really enjoy that, and you guys would too. Support all the great companies that support us for any products that fall through the cracks. Click that Rocky Mountain ATVMC banner on our website to help us out the 2022 season has come to an end the weather is changing or has changed already if you are from the midwest like i am and it is full go prepping for the 2023 season no matter what off-road gear parts you need rocky mountain atbmc has you covered but before you buy simply click that rocky mountain atbmc banner on our website by using our specific link we get a percentage of what you buy on the back end enabling you to help us out while purchasing the parts and gear you need anyway and did you know that you can buy oem parts from rocky mountain atbmc as well Yep, shipped conveniently right to your door. So click that Rocky Mountain ATVMC banner at diggingdeepatvmx.com to help us out while satisfying all your gear and parts needs. No new donors to shout out this week, but if you are interested in donating and hearing your name on the show, you can find the Patreon or buy me a coffee donation links on our website. Major thanks to all who have donated. You guys freaking rock. Now, it's showtime. The 30-second board is up, it's sideways, and the gate is down. Time to dig deep. Let's go.
All right, guys, we're back here with another episode of the Digging Deep ATBMX podcast, and we're covering an event yet again, which is always fun. This time it's the Wavos Pro Invitational, and joining me is a man who was a championship-winning mechanic a decade ago, Quad Cross of Nations winning mechanic for the red, white, and blue this year, and an industry personality, of course, brought to you by Rocky Mountain ATVMC. Click that banner on our website for all your gear and parts needs shipped conveniently right to your door, helping us out in the process as well. You know who he is, Mr. Mr. Casey Greek. What's up, Casey? Things are uh, never really slowing down for you, do they? No, it doesn't seem like that. Um, thanks for having me back. And, you know, I'm excited that we get to talk about another event. Um, it seems like it's been a little while, but at the same time, it seems like it was just yesterday we were kind of wrapping up, you know, the last big event with the Quad Cross Nation stuff. So um, this one, you know, a little little less serious, I would mm-hmm. say, in, in some senses. You know, the vibe was super cool. And, you know, none of us really knew what to expect. Obviously, there was a little bit of uncertainty there for about 24 hours. But, you know, hats off to Wes. He got it done. And, man, what a cool man. It was a good time. Yeah, absolutely. We had actually commented to each other before we hit record here that it doesn't really feel like the off season. Everything's just so busy. No. Uh, it is awesome though, to have an event to cover. I, I, I enjoy that on these shows so much. So uh, talking about this event, so I didn't even know that you were headed out West um, for the, the Wavos Pro Invitational here, but I knew we had to cover it on the show, of course. And if you were there, we were obviously going to get you on the line to chat about it. So uh, were you going no matter what, or were you, you know, basically, basically going as suspension guy for Joel Hatcherick, Bryce Ford, and the rest of the guys. I mean, tell me uh, kind of how that came about. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know. A couple months ago when the rumors and everything started surfacing about this event actually happening and Joel was going and, you know, Bill Barron was supposed to be there and then mm-hmm. Walker was going, I, like, shot Bryce a text one day and I was like, hey, you want to go? And he's like, that'd be cool. He's like, you're going to come with me? And I'm like, yeah, I might as well. I mean, I don't want you guys all going out there and, you know, he turns this thing into a desert race or something and and we're just completely way out of the ordinary with suspension setup or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, I'll completely go. No big deal. And then it was like as it got closer, Bryce was kind of a couple times like not sure if he was going to go or I talked to John. He's like, is Bryce even going to go? I'm like, well, I don't know. That's on you guys. He's like, well, are you even going to come? I'm like, if you guys are going, like, I'll come. Like, it's no big deal. Joel's going. You know, there's Rochelle's there. Like, you know, so I got plenty of guys, and I, I feel like I should be there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, unfortunately, like, Jay was on board with me going, and we went. And, um, you know, really with all the drama that kind of went down and the uncertainty there, you know, the Fords were packing their motor home up, getting everything ready to go. You know, obviously we know what happened with Joel and Grace Neller's bikes mm-hmm. with the Phoenix crew. So they were already on the way when all this stuff went down and none of us really knew what to do. I just told John, I said, just you can, only thing you can do. I mean, I already booked a flight, you know, Bryce and everyone already booked flights. Like, let's just go. If it doesn't happen. Oh, well, I guess we all flew to Vegas to, hang out with each other for 24 hours and then we'll go home. I mean, right. the you know, the rest of the events were still going to go on. So I'm like, let's just go. Let's just plan on it. So it ended up delaying him about six, seven hours, really. You know, okay. he really wanted to, you know, we wanted the words from Wes saying it's going to happen before we, you know, put the motorhome in motion, I guess you would say. So, of course. Um, and then, you know, it worked out 
that they kind of held up because with what happened with the Phoenix crew and, you know, Joel and Grayson's bikes getting stolen in Amarillo, they prepped another bike, Joel's practice bike, and had it brought to the Ford's house. Mm -hmm. And then John Ford loaded it up and hauled it out there. So, you know, it kind of all worked out the Mm -hmm. way it needed to. And it turned out to be super cool, quick trip. I, I literally flew in Thursday night and flew out Saturday morning. Oh, you did. Okay. It was like barely 24 hours that I was there, you know, and we spent a good amount of time at Sandy Valley MX, um, just setting up and hoping Wes out and taking a look at the track and just kind of, you know, spent the day out there. And oh, man, what a cool deal, though. Mm-hmm. And so many good to see so many people, you know, that I hadn't seen in a while. Right. And, uh, you know, some fresh faces, really, that I, you almost, I don't want to say forget, but you almost forget about them. And then they pop out of the woodwork for an event like this. It's like, oh, cool. What's up? You know, and you get to hang out with everyone. So that was awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So let's do this. So we got Wes Miller and Bryce Ford, both coming up on the show here. Uh, we'll touch on you and I and and with the other guys. We'll touch on everything that you just touched on here, kind of previewed for us, Casey. So let's get Wavos's own Wes Miller in here to chat about the event from the promoter's perspective and all the hurdles that he had to kind of overcome. And then I'll have you help me break down everything that we saw out there in the desert. So let's hear from the icon himself right here on the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast. All right, guys, back here on the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast, and I am stoked to chat with this next guest. He's a pioneer, a mogul, and a legend within the ATV community. Brought to you by Blenders Eyewear. Use discount code DIGGINGDEEP20 at checkout for 20% off BlendersEyewear.com. It is my pleasure to welcome, coming to us live from the Baja 1000, Mr. Wes Miller of Huevos fame right here on the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast. Wes, welcome to Digging Deep. It's uh, it's my honor, pal. Right on. Glad to be on here, man. So we all know you. We all know of you, of course. Every, everybody my age and older obsessed over everything Wavos for years and years, right? So when we first heard of the, the Wavos Pro Invitational, it truly was surreal for guys like me. I think so many people would say the same thing. So fast forward to present day now, the event took place. It was uh, just a, a week or two ago at this point. Uh, looked like a major hit. So simply put, starting right off the bat here, Wes, how did it go? I thought it went really well. You know, um, had a couple curveballs thrown at us kind of right at the last minute there, but we were able to navigate those. And, you know, all the feedback that I've gotten from everyone, that everybody was really stoked. Basically, everyone's begged me to do another one. Um, I told them, let me get through the Baja 1000, and then we'll, we'll, I'll think about it from there. So um, for people that don't follow me, um, I – I'm a factory driver for Polaris, so um, I've been juggling putting on that event with my current race schedule. So uh, that pr- presented a few challenges, but I think we pulled it off. Um, I think everybody had a really, really good time, including myself. A um, little stressful, but but uh, but it, it was fun. It was great to see like so many people that I haven't seen in you know 15, 20 years. Yeah, well, and how cool was it to see like all of the guys, you know, you got these new riders and old legends and, and everybody in one spot, it seemed like, which in our sport really doesn't happen, right? Like that, that isn't something that happens very often. So to you, for you to kind of be the guy behind that and pull that all together, at least from my perspective, man, to just to see like 
these things don't happen for ATV racers and ATV racing. Uh, that was a pretty special thing, at least, at least from my perspective over here. Yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, it's kind of how like H bomb and the whole way thing started was I was tired of ATVs kind of being the redheaded stepchild of motorsports and wanted to do some cool stuff. So, right. um, you know, and this event, it's, <laughs> We're, I'm, I'm aging myself and I guess all of my fans that watch this, but uh, it's the 25th anniversary of the first Huevos video. And okay. uh, so when I was shooting those, we shot uh, a lot of the early videos, I think up to like Huevos 9 on 16 millimeter film. Okay. And I still have all the nags and all the drives and everything. So uh, I kind of came up with the idea of doing a documentary, like a retrospective um, documentary, a feature length film, uh, to, to go out there. And, uh, so that basically led to the whole event. So I kind of had to think of how do I get everybody in one place at one time? And, uh, if I was smart, I would just throw in a party, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, that's, that's usually not how I roll. Like my, my mind gets going and, uh, right. You know, a party turn into a party and a go kart race and a dinner, <laughs> and then turn into the pro invitational. So, right. um, you know, it, it it ended up being a lot of work, but I think in the end, it you know it really kind of paid off. Yeah, so. for sure. So, so tell me a little bit about the event. Tell my listeners about the event. So, you had the race on Friday night, then on Saturday, you guys did the the Legends event, right? The get together, all the stuff that you were just talking about. Uh, looked like. Uh, everybody who was anybody was there. So tell me about that. Tell me about the the event as it was structured and, and that whole deal. Yeah. So Friday night, I, you know, I, I figured a lot of people were going to be flying. We, so we did the event in Vegas and I knew a lot of people were going to be traveling a long way. So I wanted to make sure that it was worth their while. Um, so that's kind of how all these things kept getting added on is, you know, mm -hmm. I wanted to really make it where if you have to spend the money to fly here and get a hotel, like it was worth your time. Mm -hmm. And so Friday night we did the Wayless Pro Invitational. That was a Pro Invitational event where we ran. I, I mixed up the format. I didn't want to just run like a normal MX race or like a, you know any of the other styles. Mm -hmm. So um, being that I've been going to a lot of UTV events, I, I watched at UTV Takeover. They do a short course race there where they have the guys head to head and. There's an A lane and a B lane. Mm -hmm. So I kind of saw that. And then obviously I've seen Red Bull straight rhythm and mm -hmm. some of the other things like that. That kind of got my wheels turning of, you know, how can I get this to where we get the top MX guys, the top GNCC guys, the top flat track, top works, like mm -hmm. all the different types of riding and, and racing to where all of them will come and we have them battle head to head. And I just kind of thought that that format lent itself to, to nowadays with uh, the younger generation to keep their, uh, to keep a captive audience, you, you need stuff going on all the time. Yeah. You know, they literally have like a probably 15 second, uh, like attention, attention span, attention yeah. span is what I was trying to think of. Mm -hmm. I've, I've been down here in Mexico too long already. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, like everyone's just kind of super short attention span. It's mm -hmm. everyone's ADD now. So mm -hmm. you know, I kind of felt like short head to head races. You got a winner every couple of minutes. It's super easy for people to follow. You know, there's mm -hmm. a, a very distinct winner and loser. Yep. Winner moves on, loser goes home. So 
and then you know throwing the enduro cross section in there I, I i wanted to have something that threw the mx guys off because i felt like if, if it was just an mx track they're gonna wax everybody mm-hmm. yeah. you know joel and you know all the mx guys haul ass of the course. other guys are good but it, it would have been a foregone conclusion without throwing the enduro cross in. Yeah. So, and, and I wanted to make it where you had to run bigger tires because mm-hmm. I felt like that would throw the guys off their game too. Because sure. you know, a lot of the MX guys they're used to running an 18 inch rear, you know, smaller tires. Mm-hmm. So if they got to run a 20, now it's not the same cornering the bike. Your gearing's not the same. You know, like yep. it, it basically just mixes it up. It and lends I, I itself up. a little bit more towards the big tire guys. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah, well, it, that way is like because I'm going into it. I just I didn't want it to be as much as like I love Joel Hetrick. I didn't want it to be the Joel Hetrick show. Of course, you know, yeah, like, yeah. It had to course. be. I wanted Walker and Bryce and you know, every John Natalie, everybody else that was there. I wanted them to have a shot. Right. And I think that that big equalizer was the Enduro Cross. And then what's funny is kind of having to change venues at the last minute. I had to adapt the course. And that's where we ended up coming with this split lane with the Enduro Cross, which I thought worked awesome yeah. because you were forced to do a different lane each lap. And both of them had their little hangups in them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so it broke them apart a little bit right off the start. And then they kind of would come back together on the moto track and then hit the Enduro Cross again. And it's like, who can get through them the quickest and the cleanest? And, oh, the, um, the videos were amazing. It was it was so rad. I mean, the, the final, I don't think, could have been any better. It, could, it <laughs> yeah. couldn't have. Yeah. Amazing. I think yeah, everybody that was there was like on the edge of the well, everyone was standing. So well, I was I was getting text <laughs> updates, yeah. you know what I mean, of these videos coming through. And I'm like, man, this you'd think this was a movie. Yeah, yeah. And like in one of the early rounds, Max Linquist like literally made a pass for the win in the very last turn. That's amazing. And so like that was cool. There was a lot of races that were really close. See, and, and you need that right for bracket style racing. Like bracket style racing is is cool, but if you don't have that kind of action, it can go sour pretty fast. So yeah, to, right. to have it all come together in your vision like that is is just spectacular. <laughs> Yeah, the the uh, the other thing I thought was kind of cool too is the way we started them, where they were pulled up to the telephone pole. Mm-hmm. So now, like all your whole shot artists, you know, every we're like the cross country guys all wanted a dead, dead engine start. Of course, yeah, the, the moto guys all wanted a gate start, and I'm like, <laughs> nah, nah, I'm gonna mix this up on you guys. And mm-hmm. They're like, what are you gonna do? And I'm like, just show up, you'll see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know, so we did that, and it was like again. It's just doing little things to try to get everybody off of their game mm-hmm. and see who could adapt to what I threw at them the quickest. I was just going to say, like, that's always so cool to me, too, when you see stuff like that, because, you know, we know what these guys do in the woods or we know what these guys do on a moto track. You don't know some of the talents that some of these guys have. Uh, talents that we don't get to see all the time. And you only see that when you deal different cards to them like you're doing. So I think that that yeah. is such a cool thing. So then tell me a little bit about the the Saturday night stuff, because, you know, we saw tons of coverage of Friday night, uh, maybe not as yeah. much about, about Saturday and Saturday night. So tell me about that. Yeah. So Saturday during the day, I rented a go-kart track and we had the uh, Way Both Years Legends Go-Kart Challenge. Okay. 
I think we ended up with about 26 Huevos Legends there. And everyone battled it out. We had like Heath, LCQ, and we ever run multiple LCQs just the way the brackets <laughs> rolled out. But uh, that's so cool. Um, but you had to like win the LCQ, and then we ran like a 12 man main event. And uh, you know, obviously, you throw that many old racers out there, it's kind of a shit show. But, uh, of course, of but course. I, I think every everyone had a blast, so that was fun. Yeah, so Saturday after we did the go-karts, then we had the Huevos Years Legends dinner that uh, it was really cool because Rock Speed Effects actually was the presenting sponsor of that. Okay. So I did a little toast for Rocky. Uh, If people don't know who Rocky Cutsforth is, he's the dude that was throwing it down on the 4x4 quad Mm -hmm. uh, in two of the Huevos videos. Actually, probably two of my favorite segments. I think the one where he's on the Grizzly mowing the lawn and then unhooks it and like it was autumn in minnesota so all the trees were like really cool and um you know so but he he passed away i think now it's like almost 10 years ago now so okay that was kind of a little tribute to him and uh it even did a toast for all of our fallen guys uh and then after that we did the huevos years concert and we had a well, so non-point headlined it, and we used some non-point songs back in the day mm, of in course, the Wave yeah. videos. And I tried to kind of have that connection there. So uh, a buddy of mine, BC Bot, he used to be the drummer for Head PE. Okay. We used to use a lot of Head PE songs back in the day. And uh, he really was instrumental in getting me in touch with a lot of bands back then. Okay. He was in that whole scene. Sure. Um, so he's in a new band called Bias. Uh, they played right before non-point and there were well the other two bands were mug and human and human is the guitar player from head that's his new band oh sure so so we had the original drummer original guitar player and original dj from head pe were there so then you had bias did a couple head songs and then to like finish the whole thing off non-point did killing time with all the old head members back out there so that was pretty badass yeah and then uh i don't know if it was good or not but i actually even got up and did a song with uh with bias so nice nice with with, with no practice at all (laughs) it was uh we were a little busy i was supposed (laughs) to be able to like practice at sound check or something but it it didn't happen and I, i knew they wouldn't let me get out of it so okay um instead of them forcing me to go on stage i was like all right well let's we'll just do this and hopefully i don't make too big of a right. of myself right well what a cool thing i mean for the atv community to have you know stuff like this stuff like this going on uh thanks to you is is pretty cool so i was going to ask you and you kind of touched on, on it already uh where the idea came from the 25th anniversary is is what you said so and i also you said it earlier in here but i also listened to you on some of your coverage of the event talk about trying to get this series that you're filming to netflix and stuff like that so uh do you think that that's a realistic thing i mean is, is that something that we could get to a a streaming service like that is that something that you truly think could happen here yeah like if people were excited about this when you see the documentary like people are just just wait (laughs) what what do you guys say like it's going to be really really good like we were shooting interviews the entire time uh 16 millimeter film is actually you know back in the day hd didn't even exist so Mm -hmm. when we transferred all that footage 
we did it um, to standard def. So like 480, if yeah. tech geeks out there <laughs> know what that is. So I had all the negs and we retransferred all of it in 2K. Okay. So we've got all the old film footage retransferred in 2K. Uh, we're going to be up all the other footage. So it'll probably, it'll, it'll be like an ultra HD version of this that we put out. And the guys that I'm co-producing this with, um, they actually just did a documentary on Kyle Bush called Rowdy. Okay. Um, so it's not like their first rodeo here. Sure, like the they, guys that I'm dealing with on this are legit people, you know, in Hollywood that do movies for a living. And uh, so I, I'm very confident. I, I don't know exactly where it'll end up, but mm-hmm. that's one of the things is like, I'm trying to spread the word of the more momentum that we have going into this. Mm-hmm. So people, like if you're a fan of me and the stuff I'm doing, please like my like Facebook and Insta, which is at West Miller 70 as well as we've got a Huevos Years Facebook group. But like the more followers and engagement and things like that, that I can be showing people like, hey, look, mm-hmm. you know, we sold out a concert. We had people at the Huevos Pro Invitational. Just the more analytics that I have to back it is going to really help push this. And it, you know, it's been... Kind of, uh, I guess, depressing watching the ATV industry over the last 10 yeah. years or so um, mm-hmm. because there hasn't been anything new or exciting really going on. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the sport deserves it. So I think that, you know, that's where my roots are. That's what I grew up doing. I mean, I rode every day as a kid. <laughs> yeah, and I've, mm-hmm. I raced quads for, shoot, probably 25 years of my life. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, a, a big thing for me. And I think getting this documentary and getting eyeballs like mainstream eyeballs on the sport is something that like the sport really, really needs. You're the guy for the job to, to get more eyes on this thing. Um, but what you're doing is something that could insert life into, uh, the sport that we love. I mean, you and I are sitting here yep. for the exact same reason because we love this sport. All the people listening are are listening because they love the sport just like we do. Uh, so, so, and the thing is that there's so many riders out there in the sport right now that are deserved of more, right? Like the yep. talent, the talent in the sport is really, really good. So if we can just yep. get eyes on it, like you said, I think that, you know, only good things can come from that. Right. So uh, hopefully everybody gets, gets behind it. I know all of our listeners will, um, and you're hitting the nail on the head, all the analytics, all the likes, all the views, all of that stuff goes so far. So anything you can do to support this is obviously going to help Wes and his efforts here and his, and his goals here. Um, so the one other thing I got to touch on here, while I have you. So if, as if organizing an event like this wasn't stressful and daunting enough for you, um, then I start to hear all this stuff leading up to the event, right? And the, the stuff you already touched on just days before the event is scheduled to go off. And, you know, I'm hearing the race is off and then it's on and then it's moving locations, which is ultimately what happened. So what the heck was going on with that, first of all? And uh, really, for, like for me, I was just worried that it was going to deter people from, from maybe making the trip or uh, maybe stop the event from being as big as it was supposed to be, right? Like that was my biggest fear yeah. for you uh but in the end you know from my vantage point like i said it looked like the end result was amazing uh but i couldn't get you out of here without at least touching on that yeah yeah i'm okay with it i mean i think i need to be a little careful on what i say but uh 
you know, basically I had contracted another group to handle a large portion of the race event and uh, was notified that they couldn't do it um, like 36 hours before the event or something yeah. like that. So um, as well as I had asked that group not to say anything and because I figured I could come up with something. So I of didn't course. want they'd announced that the event was canceled because I felt like it would damage the event. Mm -hmm. unfortunately they did that without um listening to me so um you know i i had to kind of mitigate the damages as quickly as possible but i didn't want to announce anything until i was 100 percent sure that i had it handled so it was a little bit of a catch-22 that i was put in there yeah um but luckily we moved the event from Prim, which is like state line between Nevada and California. Um, I knew that there was a motocross track out there and that was kind of like always in the back of my mind as a backup plan. Oh, okay. And I was able to reach out to the owner, got a hold of them like at the 11th hour and uh, basically Sandy Valley MX saved the day. Um, so like I've done a couple of videos just encouraging people to reach out to Sandy Valley MX. They're, they're on, I know they're on Insta for sure. I think they're on Facebook too. But okay. if uh, anybody just wants to shoot them a DM and say, hey, thank you, man. We really appreciate you doing that. Um, I, I've told them a million times. Well, that was why I asked, not to interrupt, but that's why I asked because the place looked super cool. The track looked yeah. rad. Uh, but to have a track like that waiting in the wing, like I couldn't, I mean, I come from a different place over here, you know, in the Midwest or whatever. Yeah. But from my perspective, I'm like, holy heck, like how did he have someplace that rad just like <laughs> waiting to move this thing to yeah. on, on like day of basically? Right, right. No, we literally were building the track like the day of the event as far as the Enduro Cross and all that. And yeah, uh, yeah it, it like, you know, it was, it was uh, a mess in the beginning, but mm -hmm. then it's like at the end, kind of the stars aligned. <laughs> so I'd never been to that track and I showed up and, um, you know, because it's out by Vegas, they do night motocross practice. So they had lights. Mm -hmm. I was like, well, that's perfect. Um, and then, you know, and then I went out and drove out and looked at the track. And I was like, this track actually looks pretty fun, man. <laughs> like this is like, this is pretty good. And mm -hmm. then I looked around and there was tires and there were um, like some logs and telephone poles. And then I was like, well, shit, we got stuff for enduro cross. I'm like, we can pull this right. off. So yeah. Um, yeah, it was a lot of, well, I think probably three nights of barely sleeping and working the entire time. And mm -hmm. uh, it took a lot to kind of pull it together, but there was a lot of people that also helped too. That w one of the things that was really cool is like literally there were some fans that showed up during the day. They're like, "Hey, what can we do to help?" And I'm like, "Go put banners up over there and go do this." And like, how cool! And is that? Uh, and then my buddy BC he announced it. We had Sean Sermini did the live stream. Yeah. Um, this other group was supposed to handle the live stream, so I pulled off that live stream in about eight hours. And luckily I live in Vegas. I have people that work in audio video for a lot of conventions and stuff like that. Okay. So it was basically from the second I heard that we we're going to have to move it. I was on the phone nonstop, like pulling favors and, you know, just basically doing everything it took to make it happen. But well, well credit to you, man.
Credit, yeah, credit to you for pulling that thing together. Um, I'm one of those guys. One of the things I always say when things work out like this is it worked out the way it was meant to be, right? Like everything fell into place. It was probably meant to be from the start. Uh, was, maybe it was a little rocky or a little uh, weird path to get there. Uh, but in the end, the you know, went the way it was supposed to. Um, so last question about the racing. So we know Bryce Ford wins uh late race pass and the, the finale there, the video was incredible. Uh, Joel Hetrick finishes second Walker Fowler rounds out the podium, super cool podium there. One we'd never see anywhere else, which is awesome. Um, so who impressed you the most Wes, because, uh, the lineup was broad and diverse, like we've been talking about. So who really wowed you at the end of this thing? Yeah. Um, I mean, there was a lot of guys that were very impressive. Uh, you know, I think like to name off a few, I'd never seen Max Lindquist ride mm -hmm. and he's really fast on motocross. I think if he could have got some fast passes through the enduro cross, he would have been more of a challenge. Um, I'm super impressed with Walker Fowler. I mean, he, he rips. He's and, a monster. You know, yeah, he, he was a threat to them on the motocross track, even. Oh, he can you know, do so, it I all. mean, he's, he, he reminds me of like Bill Balance or, you know, like, because Bill was really good at moto as well as, uh, as the Woods. So, you know, Walker, I thought, you know, he really represented the GNCC guys very well. Um, obviously, John Natale, I mean, to like basically he and Joe Bird were on the fence of racing. And I think Joe like coerced him into doing it. And then Joe backed out and Natalie shows up and was competitive, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, I kind of felt like in a short format like that, it was going to be kind of a game changer because a lot of guys can go fast for a few minutes. You know, it's when you get 30 minutes into a moto that Joel and Chad and those guys just kind of like wear people down and walk of course. away. Of course. Um but uh, you know, Bryce was super fast. Um, Joel obviously is fast. Uh, another guy that impressed me too was Brad Riley. I knew that's who you were gonna um, say. He's such a natural. He, yeah, like you know, he he hit me up and was like, "Hey, I'm thinking about coming." I was like, "Okay," like you're a flat track rider. <laughs> you know? Oh, he's, he's like, legit. Well, no, he's like, "Well, I'm pretty good at moto," and like I talked to a couple other guys. They're like, "No, nah, he can ride." And I'm like, "All oh, right, yeah. dude, come on." Up. Oh yeah, top and, five, uh, top five AMA pro in the past. Yeah, yeah. No, like he's he was really good. Mm -hmm. So you know, I was impressed with him. Um, that's probably the people that turned my head the most. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So so I was seeing a lot of people saying Natalie was really impressive, and that's who I thought you were gonna at least mention in the list uh, of names that you were gonna mention. You know, like you said, yeah. zero riding time on a borrowed bike uh, to show up like that. Yet at the same time, like I don't think I would expect anything anything less from the Iron Man, right? Like that's what you would expect I, from John Natalie every time. Yeah, John's a madman. <laughs> like <laughs> I, I knew when he shows up, like his game face was gonna be on. And, of like, course. Yeah. I, I literally was like, I picture him punting somebody in a corner to like right. take the win or something, you know, like that's yeah. just his style. So yeah. um, I, I knew John doesn't have quit in his vocabulary. <laughs> so, no, no, you're exactly um, right. Though I will say right now, you know, Joe has hinted at a lot of comebacks in the past. He's talked a lot of stuff and for him to not get out there, man, I, I feel like uh, I'm sensing <laughs> a trend at this point. I, I'm going to say you can put a fork <laughs> in Joe at this point. I don't see him making a comeback. 
but uh, I, I love uh, Joe, but me too, me I, too. I don't see that happening. <laughs> no, I know it. Uh, I know it. I, I, I was laughing because, uh, you know, he was kind of talking some smack on, uh, I think it was in the Huevos group. Okay. And, you know, it, like he, he like said something about Joel and I'm like, Joe, like you don't want to poke the bear, dude. Like you gotta, you gotta get something you don't want, man. Right? <laughs> like, yeah. Like Joel, Joel's fast, so, oh, and you're man. old. <laughs> so, but, yeah, that's so funny. But, uh, I I think he trained a little bit and then decided that it was better to watch and commentate. Right. No, <laughs> he did I, do a good job commentating though. So Joe, props to you for doing that. <laughs> hey, hey, Joe can talk with the best of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh man, what a what a what a cool event. So I'll get you out of here on this note, buddy. Uh you touched on it already a little bit. Um, is this something that you can truly foresee doing doing more of? We know that you know there was a reasoning for this one, a lot of stuff went into it. At the same time, the like you mentioned the Red Bull straight rhythm. And even before this conversation, that's something that I kind of uh, kind of saw in your event. I thought it was the coolest thing. And I didn't know ahead of time that that was the style of racing that you were going to have bracket style. And I think that that's just something that is so rad, so different than what we normally see. And I think, you know, going forward, any of the riders that, that weren't there this year are going to look at it and say, I'm not, I wouldn't miss it if you did it next yeah. year. So uh, is this yeah. something you can, you can see doing more of, because obviously all of us, especially us, you know, spectators, fans, enthusiasts, whatever we all want to see you do another one of these things yeah yeah um i'm not gonna make any promises yet but i am gonna have a movie coming out that will need a premiere okay so uh so we'll, we'll leave it at that <laughs> but, nice. um nice. if i was sane i would not do it but <laughs> but uh, i i like doing it. what what makes me laugh is like uh I think I get the idea for doing these events. I'm like, oh, this is going to be so fun. And then everybody else comes and has a blast. And I would just work the whole time. Right. You but, work your ass off. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, but it was fun. I, I had a good time with it. So, you know, I I think I'm down to do it again. Um, what would be cool is we've, we've laid the groundwork now. You know, mm -hmm. and I, I do feel like we really kind of showed people the potential of this event. Mm -hmm. um, so with the proper backing and you know having a whole year to set it up mm -hmm. i think it'd be easier and you know we could actually probably make it a lot bigger i so, think so too like, i think so like everybody that didn't come or couldn't come hit me up and they're like dude do another one and i will i promise i'll be there so right that's what um, i that's what i said and and for me you don't know my wife would tell you you don't know how bummed i was so it was our honeymoon was that weekend and I'm like, yeah. man, are you kidding me? Like I would have done anything to be there, right? Like there's no way we would have missed it. And uh, yeah, just, just wasn't in the card. So yes, there has yeah. to be at least one more West. There's gotta be at least one more so that <laughs> right, I can right. be there for it. But uh, I, I, I think there's a few people that got married that weekend. that couldn't go. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, so it, once we announce a date, all you guys, Schedule your weddings or tell your yeah. friends to schedule their weddings around the yeah. Huevos reunion slash Huevos Pro so you can come to the event. Yeah, there you go. You can have it in Vegas day after. That'd be great. Or, but, well, uh... yeah, or just yeah, get married <laughs> that weekend in Vegas. There you go. You one-stop shop the whole thing. <laughs> I love it. Awesome, man. Well, I appreciate you finding a little time for us despite your busy schedule. Yeah. I would. Uh, I already said this to you, but I would love to sit down with you for a more full-length conversation about your career uh, in the near future. I would really love that, but I can't thank you enough for your time to talk about the event. Uh, we were going to cover it. We're going to talk to Bryce and Casey and some of these guys, but one 
wouldn't have been right if we went to talk to you. So I uh, really, yeah. really, really appreciate your time, pal. Yeah, yeah, no problem. So uh, I'm sitting here in Baja. Um, we're getting ready for the 1,000. And uh, I'm actually tied for first in points. And on Friday, if we're working on it right now, but I think we're going to have live stream from the car. Okay. Um, the whole race. Oh, wow. So it's going to be pretty badass. Um, so if you guys want to watch, I'll be announcing stuff on my social media, but I think, uh, that's going to take that whole sport to a new level because nobody really gets to see like what we go through. Sure. Yeah. And, uh, if you guys are able to watch that, I think that's going to be kind of a game changer for that too. But if, uh, you want to watch, uh, old washed up quad rider in a razor, <laughs> we'll be uh, throwing it down there and see if we can bring home a championship. Uh, I love it. Well, wishing you all the best. You're always up to something. I love it. But uh, again, Wes, thank you so much for joining me. And uh, thank you for all that you have done for the sport that we love over the last few decades. You're a legend. And uh, it's been an honor. It's been an honor to have you join me, pal. I appreciate it so much. Yeah. Thank you. Keep up the good work with the podcast, man. Thanks so much, pal. That's Wavos' Wes Miller right here on the Digging Deep ATBMX podcast, brought to you by Blenders Eyewear and our discount code Digging Deep 20. Uh, thanks so much, Wes. Take care, guys. We'll get right back to the show, but now a word from our sponsors. And thank you for listening to these ads. Without these great companies, none of this would be possible. Show your support for the people who support us. We used to speak of a CST takeover, but now 2022 is the year of CST supremacy. CST's Pulse MXR tires are the choice of Joel Hetrick, Jeffrey Rastrelli, and Nick Janusa, meaning CST tire riders are in contention for pro-class wins and a possible podium sweep every time they hit the racetrack. CST tires are also the official tire choice of the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast, but you already knew that. I, your host Cody Jansen, helped pioneer the CST takeover with Pulse MXR fronts and white label soft compound rears on my way to back-to-back national championships and a pro sport podium to cap off the 2021 season. The Pulse MXR tire, available in soft and standard compounds, offer the highest level of traction, most predictable cornering, and superior wear characteristics when compared to the competition. Did I mention they offer contingency payouts as well? Visit shop.csttires to join the CSD Takeover today or prepare to be beat by someone who did. Joel Hattrick, Jeffrey Rastrelli, Nick Janusa, myself, and so many more believe and trust in CSD Tires. Do you? You already know we're Team Blue Crew now more than ever here at the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast. And whether it's eight time and reigning ATBMX Pro Class National Champion Chad Weenan, who with his next championship will become the winningest champion in ATV motocross history, or seven time and current XC1 Pro ATV GNCC National Champion Walker Fowler, who is now tied for second all time in titles one, it's clear the podium proven Yamaha YFZ450R is the winning choice of sport ATVs. This continued and unprecedented success for the Yamaha YFZ450R, its unrivaled quality and performance, and the undisputable fact that Yamaha is the leading OEM supporter of ATV racing has resulted in an ever-growing Yamaha takeover within the sport quad market. Best yet, Yamaha's Blue Crew Racer Support Program is back and stronger than ever here in 2022, meaning Yamaha riders will once again cash in on payouts and prize opportunities, including a chance to win a brand new YFZ450R. For more info, head over to YamahaBlueCrew.com, follow them at Yamaha Outdoors on social media, and check out Yamaha's full proven off-road lineup at YamahaOutdoors.com today.
SSI decals is a name synonymous with ATV racing, synonymous with big time success, and absolutely synonymous with the best looking decals around. An offshoot of their parent company that was established in 1947, SSI first took shape from owner Ian Harris's passion for ATVs. With what started as just making numbers and decals for riders like Chad Weenan, the company quickly took off, and today you couldn't imagine ATV motocross without SSI decals. The graphics maker and designer now supports all the top teams in ATV motocross, as well as teams and riders racing GNCC, Work Series, Pro Motocross and Supercross, Canadian Pro Motocross, Short Course Off-Road Trucks, UTVs, Snowcross, and, oh yeah, six-time world champion top fuel drag racer Clay Milliken. No project is too big or too small for SSI decals, making your identity stick with championship-level graphics. Head over to SSIDecals.com today and then maybe call the doctor because things are about to get sick. The Digging Deep ATVMX podcast is brought to you in part by DID and their wide range of championship-winning chains. From the street to the track and everywhere in between, DID chains are designed to give you the optimal riding experience with great performance and increased chain life. Consistent to the core, pick up your box of reliability today. DID, what drives you? We are proud to be partnered with Numira Technologies. Since 2001, Numira has led the charge in the ATV and side-by-side market covering more applications than anyone else in the industry. Namira's advanced piston technology uses a NASA-exclusive aluminum alloy that helps to reduce expansion rates, allows for tighter tolerances, and leads to higher overall engine performance for your machine. For more information about Namira's wide offerings of pistons, rings, gaskets, industry-leading top-end repair kits, and recently added connecting rods, visit your local dealer or online at www.namira.com. Namira Technologies, your one-stop shop engine component supplier. We are pleased to be partnered with Bronco ATV and UTV components. Bronco has been an industry leader in replacement hard parts and accessories for all makes and models for over 15 years. With a catalog that includes a full line of electrical components, engine internals and cylinders, shock and suspension parts, winches, clutch kits, valves, carb kits, bearing kits, and drive chain parts, Bronco is your hard part source for whatever you need for whatever you ride. Available exclusively through distributors around the world, visit your local dealer or online at broncoatv.com. Forworks Carbon's innovative lightweight products include top-notch seat covers, carbon fiber, and plastic hoods, gas tank covers, exhaust shields, shock guards, and much more. Whether you have an ATV, UTV, or snowmobile, Forworks has the goodies that will improve your ride and make you salivate. We trust Forworks for increased function and a sexier look, and you should too. Forworks Carbon, always working hard to bring high quality and innovative parts to the market. Check them out today at fwcarbon.com. All right, back here with Casey Greek on the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast. Great to talk to Wes Miller there. Uh, looking forward to doing more of that with the mind behind Wavo soon. But in the meantime, Casey, what were your thoughts on the event overall and how it all played out? Simply put, how rad was it? You kind of touched on already the fact, you know, that there was you know, all kinds of flux going on and, you know, is the event going to happen? Is it not behind the scenes uh, after talking to Wes, like we know, and, and now I'm, I would be confident after listening to him, I'm, I would be confident that the thing was always going to happen, but he also didn't want to put the cart in front of the horse and say, Hey, yeah, come on down and then have it not actually uh, end up happening. So my fear, and, and I'll repeat myself because I said this to Wes as well, but my fear was, 
that, you know, the event wasn't going to live up to what we were all expecting or people were going to not end up showing up because of this whole ordeal, uh, all the, all the kind of hurdles and drama and stuff that went down. Um, but in the end, man, it looked like, it looked like a really, really, really awesome event that everybody needed to be at. Everybody wanted to be at. So again, I'll ask you simply put, how rad was it? Uh, it was awesome. I mean, you take all the bullcrap leading up to it out of it and it's just you categorize uh, categorize it i don't even know if that was english but whatever <laughs> you guys get the point you put it yeah, all cate- into, categorize categorize there yeah there you go um you put it all into just the event and focus just on the event it was amazing i mean we had you know live band playing huge stage lights you know smoke the whole nine yards and then you know you literally were parked like right there everyone's parked right there and the vibe was just so light. They went down for practice and, you know, they needed a couple course adjustments just to make it. So it flowed. It was super, super challenging, a little bit too much to where you're literally going to cost yourself the race, like right from the get go, or okay. you're going to be a hero, which is some of what we wanted. And that's what we ended up with. Like that enduro cross section was definitely the the decision maker. I think if we ever do this, event again or if Wes ever does this again he needs a big like blow up that goes right over the door cross section and just says yeah. decision maker because I think it's it was really cool and to mm-hmm. see all the different walks of life as racers from GNCC guys to works guys to moto guys TT guys mm-hmm. they have all those guys there and see how much bike control they each have you know we even got you know retired guys out there and you know <laughs> John arguably was one of the best through the tire sections. I of mean, course he was. he was. Of course he was. Yeah. I mean, the guy, I don't know. He yeah. is insane. Yeah. But we'll, get it, we'll get into that more. Awesome. Too, as we go here. Yeah. So cool. Um, yeah, for sure. So I don't want to let that comment go by without touching on it. The the fact that there were so many legendary guys there, right? You you got, I mean, we don't have, like, we don't have reunions like this where we have all these legendary riders show up and, and these personalities. I mean, guys that like, we haven't seen like dudes that have been gone for 10, 15, 20 years all together in one place is just the coolest thing. Um, one other question I wanted to ask you though. So what happened with the, and we got into the some of the drama with Wes. I know that he obviously wants to be politically correct on all this and not blow anybody out. But uh, what ended up happening? So did the works riders not end up showing up? Is that is that how this kind of went down? Because I know that I, I think that that was where some of the drama came came through, or that was the trickle down, or whatever. So did like Bo Barron and those guys? Did they not end up racing this thing? Bo didn't, and I think for Bo, I don't I don't know that there was any politic in. Okay. On the reason, like those guys didn't come. I, I mean, I can't speak for those guys. I, I actually never got to talk to any of them. Got but it. I think for Bo, he had a couple championships on the line. He was all set up at Prim. You know, you know, you know what it takes. Of and, course, you know, you're yeah. easy up to trailer. You're, you know, you're putting your slide outs out. You're leveling everything up, and you're all mm-hmm. parked and ready to go. And then he's got to pack all that back up, move it over to Sandy Valley. Okay. Unpack it all, and then pack it all back up and go back over. Mm-hmm. You know, at midnight, I mean, we didn't get back. We got back about one in the morning, took showers and went to IHOP because we just wanted to go eat something, you know, mm-hmm. and it was three in the morning by the time we got to our rooms and he, he's got a lot on the line. You know, that's his series. Of course. That's the series yeah. finale. The championships are coming down the line because so, you know, and I, I think Jacob Stevens, you know, I didn't get to talk to him, but 
I know he was battling for points for third in the works pro series. And so I think there's a lot of having to move it cause a whole lot, but like Logan Huff showed up Yep. and Logan's a works racer and he showed up and he had a blast with it. So I don't know that it was a politic thing of why those guys, I think it was just come down to convenience really is probably what it was. And it makes perfect sense. I didn't want to speak out of turn there. Um, I think, and I don't know if I read the comment somewhere and it could have been from somebody who didn't know what they were talking about. Right. So I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to create drama that wasn't there or anything like that, but I thought that I read, you know, somebody speculating that the work series had urged their guys not to go or something like that. So I didn't know when we didn't see some of those guys, because obviously Bo Barron would have very much been in the mix. You know, he's such a badass. Um, So to not see him there, I was just curious if you knew anything more about that. But then, yeah, to talk about that enduro section, like like you touched on there, obviously that was the section that really made or break these guys. Um, It was key, no no matter what, uh, how you want to lay it out there. Um, so as the suspension guy, were were the riders wanting you to try to dial them in for this tire section or what, Casey? What was uh what was that? Because you know, obviously we've all seen the video. The the video is epic of of that finale, but some of the videos from the very beginning of the day are even better, you know, watching these guys try to navigate it for the first time. So um how how is your role as suspension guy? Uh, I'm sure that that wasn't necessarily easy for you. <laughs> Yeah, you know, we didn't do a whole lot of change, especially after looking at the moto track and how smooth it was. And okay. then it was, you know, I <laughs> I probably changed more like a clickers and stuff like with John than anything. I I went over and stiffened up Bryce's front end one time. Like I didn't even talk to him about it. I just seen a couple things. I was like, oh, I'm gonna go stiffen up a little bit. Walked by, stiffened it up, and then um, Joel didn't change a single thing. Rastrelli didn't change a single thing. I mean. It was cool, but it, you know, it was 90% moto and relatively smooth track. It was, and it was really fast. So the focus for them, I don't think they were concerned with their suspension unless there was something way out of line and nothing was, I mean, I think I seen Max come in and made a couple adjustments, but no one, it was just all the focus was going through the tire section. Mm -hmm. Like they didn't care how their bike fell everywhere else because it didn't really matter. You had to be able to get through there. As long as you can hold your own and ride your normal pace on the motor track, you can get there. And then you had to focus on that. Mm-hmm. So obviously, obviously I'm, I'm little tongue in cheek joking there about the, trying to dial it in for the tires, right? Yeah. Like you're not going to dial your suspension in for the tires. Um, but I totally get what you're saying. Their track looked awesome. Looked like a, a blast. I said to Wes, I mean, it's a crazy thought, you know, I'm in the Midwest, right? So it's a crazy thought to think that that, good of a facility was just waiting in the wings, you know, like, like, you know, put me in coach type of thing. Like we're just going to flex it to a new, new place where I'm from. It would take, you know, four or five hours of traveling to find another track, you know, that nice to, uh, you know, to move an event to or whatever. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, what a, what an awesome thing. And, and I get what you're saying. It was it was smooth enough. It was kind of like a practice track for these guys that their their bikes are yeah. already dialed in. That tr- they're going to respond really well to the track, and uh, you know you're just going to have to figure out this enduro section. But the same thing that I said to Wes, I'll say to you, it's so cool. You know, it's like when Chad Weenan goes and races uh, cross country or or name the rider. I think Joel's done them in the past and stuff too. Mm-hmm. But um, but just to do different stuff to see what these guys are capable of, uh, to see talents that we don't necessarily see on 
a motocross track all the time. I mean, those types of things are so cool to me because that's when you see, you know, how good the best of the best guys really are. I mean, it's not that they can just go in a circle or around a, a racetrack really well. I mean, so these guys that are the best of the best, they can do just about anything on an ATV. And that's just so much fun to see. And we don't necessarily see that without an event like this. So that's, that's pretty freaking cool in my mind. Yeah. And to touch on like the whole, you know, we're just pulling audible and switch yeah. to another track. It was funny when, when the word got out that there were some issues and then Wes come on like Instagram or Facebook, Facebook live or whatever. And mm-hmm. said, basically like, we're still going to have an event. We're just going to move it to a different location. We're going to be all good. I said instantly, I'm like, it's going to Sandy Valley MX. Now, you probably never heard of Sandy Valley MX. No one else has ever heard of that. I was talking to John Ford, and he's like, well, where's that? I'm like, it's like 45 minutes, if that, from Prim to about 40 minutes out of Vegas. I'm like, it's actually in California. But I used to live in Vegas, yeah. and I worked for a race team in Vegas, and we would go practice at Sandy Valley MX. Okay. As soon as I heard he was going to move location, I went on Google Maps, seeing that Sandy Valley MX was still a thing, mm-hmm. and I was like, that's where we're going. I sent the address to John. I said, just go there if you're going to drive straight through because that's where it's going to be. Okay. Like, I'm like, cause there's nothing else. There's nowhere else to go. There's a little speedway right up the road. And I thought maybe he pulls a rabbit out there and we go there. Okay. But there's no moto track. There's no trails. There's no nothing. And you know, long behold, that's where we ended up. But um, yeah, that, you know, and then to touch on like the talent part of it, these guys are no joke. I, a lot of guys ask me like, well, how do you think Walker's going to do on the moto track? I'm like, dude, he splits trees at like 800 <laughs> mile an hour that are inches off his tires. It's a riding a moto track. Like, is he going to be Joel Hedrick fast on a motocross track? No, but he's going to be good. Like, mm-hmm. don't count him out. What about Brad Riley? I'm like, you guys don't remember when Brad raced the nationals for dude. a couple of years? Oh, he was like, and incredible. he was a top. Yeah, he's top three pro-am guy. All and, the time. and and he's been top five in the pro class. Yes. In the pro class. Yeah. I'm like, so don't, don't like don't sleep, sleep on, on him. him. Exactly. Yeah. When Bryce had to race him first, I told Bryce, I said, don't count him out. Like, don't take it easy because one, he's on a rocket ship. The bike that he was riding was stupid fast. Okay. And two, like he's fast on a moto track and he will send it. Yes, like, so <laughs> don't don't hold back like you're gonna have to ride and bryce got done he's like holy crap like he stayed right there on me the whole time i'm like yeah he's no joke oh and, you know, and, and to touch on him sending it casey i don't want to let uh, don't lose your thought there but it was only like a year or two ago that he signed up at daytona it wasn't a year but two or three years ago <laughs> he signed up at daytona and tried to send those two singles yeah he tried I, I don't think he did that on purpose. I, I, mean, I don't I care. I don't care. I don't care he if he still did tried. It on, yeah, exactly. I don't care yeah. if he did it on purpose or not. He uh, He's a guy that's always going to send it and he's not going to back down. I mean, I would like, if he's got to throw a tire in there or whatever, like he'll do it. Right. So uh, good call. I'm not, not wanting to sleep on Brad Ly- Riley, but uh, continue there. Yeah. Casey. But no, so, uh, you know, it was cool. And I mean, that, that one made me nervous and it's just the way it worked out with, um, like Brandon Hogan Rastrelli, like having huge issues in qualifying and, you know, them ended up being, you know, second to last and last the way like it came down. And then it ended up being that there was only 13 riders. I don't know if Wes touched on like how he did that, but they ended up doing basically like an LCQ. So 
you know, you you had to have an even amount of riders because you had to have duels, of course, or you know, yep, to to do it in the layout that he was wanting to do it. So mm-hmm. basically, to qualify to come into the, like the main show, say, Australia and Brandon Hoke had to race each other, and so that was a pretty cool like thing to see those two. You know, you don't get to just see those two guys on the track by themselves very often, and exactly, you know, unfortunately for Brandon, the tires got him. Uh, Brandon struggled with the tires all day long, just odd because he he's a pretty technical rider, mm-hmm. and so I didn't think he would have many issues in there. But you know, it was all ultimately the the quickest decision maker for him was you know the, through the tires and um, Jeffrey. I, everyone had their troubles at some point through the tires, mm-hmm. and you know that narrow cross section. But yeah, you know, and then so basically for Jeffrey, he had to beat Brandon Hogue, which is no slouch. No, and then immediately line back up and race Joel, mm-hmm. yeah. and obviously Joel's <laughs> no slouch. So Jeffrey mm-hmm. really had some of the odds stacked against him right, there from, yeah. the, from the get go. Say, and he had a pretty good little um, crash in his his qualifier. So just crazy turn of events and how it went down. I mean, um, Jeremy Ladone almost beat Max Lindquist. Oh wow! Like, yeah, I mean, dude, it was down to the last corner. Okay. But Max come off the bike twice and, you know, no, you know, no shame towards like Jeremy, but like Jeremy's not, I mean, he's, he doesn't even run XC1 in GNCC. Right. Yeah. He's a great rider. He of has course. a motocross background. Yep. Um, but it was cool. Like I, I couldn't help myself, but to like cheer for him when they come by and he's beating Max and he's got like four or five seconds on Max. I'm like, holy crap, which I, I work with Jeremy, but. It wasn't what I expected. Of course not. But being that, you know, Max come off in the logs pretty good. I mean, in the over the tires, he come off the bike pretty good and mm-hmm. had to rebound, come back through, had another mistake. Like, he caught Jeremy, has another big mistake, comes off the bike again, and then last corner, and I know Jeremy's probably kicking himself because if he would have moved over two foot coming in the last corner, Max wouldn't have been able to get him. He would he would have wrecked them both, and let's face it, like that one, Max wasn't going to wreck them both for right. the first race, you know. And so <laughs> he come under him and just sneak snuck, snuck under him real quick and pulled off the win. But it it was awesome to see, and you know, good for Jeremy. He got it, you know, he got to go out there and battle with some of the fastest motocross guys out there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and I think that that's a testament to, you know, how unpredictable uh, bracket style racing really is like this, like guys like, you know, you touched on Brandon Hoke, very technical rider. At the same time, like you think of Brandon just spinning laps as hard as he can. I can, I can, I can um, kind of speak to the fact that he's always done that, right? He's just a, mm-hmm. he's a blitzer. Like he's a, he's a grinder in the, in the way that he just spins laps. And I, that's how I am. Like I didn't grow up just tooling around the yard or the woods or, or whatever. Like I just spun laps. So, um, it, it kind of shows like everybody's background being a little different, uh, you know, kind of pays off in a race like this. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, such a, such a cool format, very Red Bull straight rhythm esque. uh, you kind of such cool, even pictures and videos just to see kind of everybody huddled around watching the races go down, even the, the other riders and stuff. So with the, the bracket format, you touched on some of that already. Um, but anybody that you didn't touch on, uh, did anyone, any matchup, any other race stand out to you? Um, I mean, it was cool, like Hunter Hart, Walker Fowler, mm-hmm. you know, the two GNCC guys, they ended up, you know, 
racing each other like right from the get-go sure um and then i mean walker was impressive you know i mean galata all the guys were good there was a desert guy there and forgive me for not remembering his name okay um but he had to go against natalie in his first you know in the first race and he was just like i was down in like the area and john's like i think i'm racing you and he's like oh great <laughs> like he's <laughs> like i gotta go straight to you for the first one and um, but he held his own. He rode really good. And, uh, you know, he's, I, I believe, like, he's a straight up, like, best in the desert, Faha type of desert racer, like, moto. And I don't know him. I don't know any background, but just looking at his bike, you know, like the way his bumper and grab bar are, you can tell it's, like, set up for desert, not even, right. like, works racing. Okay. And, dude, he sent it. It was, it was super cool. He went for it. He was jumping on like jumps, going big, like with everyone. I was like, wow. heck yeah. Like, look at this guy. I, I even told John, I said, I watched him on his phone line lap. I said, you're going to have to ride. You know, and you know, John, he's like, I got it. And I'm like, <laughs> of course. Don't, you know, at, at one point after, right before practice, I pulled John aside and like grabbed him by the head. And I'm like, listen, you're just having fun. <laughs> it, you don't need to go out there and just go crazy. Like, let's, go have fun and let's go home safe and don't do nothing stupid. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what do you think? I'm like, I know you very well. Like, just go have fun. Right. And we freaking go out there and the dude qualifies like third. Yeah. I'm like, holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's, cool. it's crazy. I was obviously going to ask you, you know, your thoughts on how your guy, John Natalie did. You obviously won a title with John back in 2011. He comes out having no seat time, right. On a borrowed bike and shows he still belongs with these guys due to such a legend. Like I said to Wes, I wouldn't expect anything different from the guy. Like, nope. don't get me wrong. Um, but what an amazing performance from him. Uh, I think that basically everybody I saw talking about it said he was the most impressive of everybody just to jump right back in again this is what i would expect from john but still to go out there and do it is is something that you don't want to don't want to sleep on or not give enough coverage to because man like man that just doesn't happen but for john natale it does and he's so good at these like one-off crazy events i mean always has been good he was always good, like as a racer and, you know, in the championship side of it, he was super consistent and all that stuff. Right. But if you go back and look in history, like all these one-off events, yeah. you know, the first time we went to Daytona, we didn't know that we were going to go to Daytona every year. That was a one-off thing. He goes and wins Montreal Supercross. He goes and wins, you know, the Soren Eagle thing. I think he won it one yep. year. Like yep. he's just so good at these one-off the gr- events. Great, so, out, great outdoors games. Yeah, exactly. Like, I and I told like even talking with Joel, Joel's like, like, I might be more nervous about John than anyone because who knows? Like he right. could just pull it out and he and he did. And you know, perfect world to me would have been, you know, obviously Joel and Bryce and John, like top three. Like yeah. however that would have been like just set my world on fire, I guess. But um right. still pumped for a walker that he pulled it off and you know, him and John were really close and it just, John was so good. We talked about how good he was through the tires yep. and there's the decision maker. I, I asked him, I'm like, what are you doing? Like, what happened? You were the best guy 99% of the time. And then you cost yourself the race right there. Yeah. And he just like, you know, it's kind of the same thing. He just laughed. And um, every time I talk about this whole event, it's like, I just have a smile on my face constantly because it, it was that much fun. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it couldn't have got any better. Like once it was Joel and Bryce in the final, like all the pressure on me was just like over. Like 
if, you know, if I could add it my way, I would have Rastrelli in there and, you know, right. we would have had all my guys up front, obviously. And, yeah. um, just, just a good time. And that, that final race was, was a nail biter. I mean, yeah. Bryce was obviously going for it and Joel, you know, Joel had it looked like he had it covered, like it was handled, but Bryce stayed just close enough mm-hmm. to where if something little did happen, like it was going to put him in a perfect, perfect scenario. Yeah. And then for both of them to have this wild ride through the tires on the last <laughs> lap. And we've all seen the video, like Bryce is hanging off the back of the thing, just grabbing a handful through the uh-huh. small set of tires. Right. And Joel's roll, rolling off the front of the bike. I'm like, this just happened. Like, what are you, what are you guys, this is insane. Like, the crowd's going crazy. Yeah. And I didn't realize that Joel had come off the bike. So where that section was at, there was like a hill right there and we were all standing on it. And I was going from that side. So I'd watch him get over the tires. I seen Joel mess up and I was like, oh, it's going to be so close when they come back around the other side. And I seen Bryce get through. So I knew Bryce had made the pass. So I run over to the other side of the track, like on this other side of the hill. Yep. And I'm standing over there and I'm waiting for these two basically to be side by side. There's a nasty bull corner where they're, I mean, they're literally, it's a straightaway. There's wide open through the straightaway into this huge bull turn. I'm like, oh, it's going to go down. Like, so, I'm, you know, we're all glued to watching it. And here comes Bryce and then no Joel. And I'm like, what the heck happened? And someone's like, he crashed. I'm like, well, no, he just got hung up on the tires. Like, no, he come off the front of the bike. And I was like, oh, crap. And so then here comes Joel and they go. And obviously the the challenge wasn't there at that point. You know, mm-hmm. Joel had a big enough mistake and lost about 10 seconds or so. And that's yeah. how it ended up going down. But um, so cool for, you know, both of those guys. I think obviously winning 10 grand for either one of them is awesome, you know, experience to be able to have. Yeah. Um, I don't know that I've ever seen Bryce that excited. He was like, stoked. He, yeah. He was so pumped. And, you know what? Good for him to like embrace that and yeah. go for it because a lot of these guys, you know, you just you get so numb to winning and and championships and all this kind of stuff. Like you don't really get to embrace it and celebrate it and really lay it out there. And I think for Bryce to to win, and it wasn't like oh well, all the good guys weren't there. Like the who's who's were there. All these sports were there. And so I think that was, you know, and I, I just, I grabbed a hold of him and I'm like, dude, enjoy it. Like, you don't know when you're going to win the next race. You may never no. win another race. And obviously I didn't tell him that, like, right. quote, but like, just speaking, like, we don't know. So you got to enjoy it. Like, I've really emphasized on myself to start enjoying some of these accomplishments that we've gotten to accomplish over the last couple of years. But like this year, I've really focused on my on me personally enjoying the moment yeah, of, of reflection. Like, you know, Joel wins the championship, like so much hard work, like goes into that, you know, the whole crew works with him tirelessly and, and making sure, you know, the quad cross nations thing. And then like this way race, the, you know, Bryce and Neil winning the GNCC championship. Like mm-hmm. that, that's been my baby since, you know, I started doing suspension pretty much with Bryce and, you know, we started so many years ago and worked our butt off to get to this point. And it was something I told him when we first signed him, he asked me, you know, why me and not like go after Walker or someone else. And I said, Bryson, I, I feel that you have the capability 
and the means to win a championship. And for us as a business and me personally, I don't buy championships. Yeah. Could I go out and get Walker and be guaranteed a championship or go out and, you know, we build championships. We don't buy them. And he come over the finish line and we were waiting and he was going to the podium. He comes over the finish line and he's going to, you know, and there's all the hype, everyone's around. And he walks over to the side of me and we're waiting to go onto the podium. And he says, that's right. We build championships. And I'm like, you remember that? And he tells it to me all the time. But in that moment, like, it was incredible that he remembers that. And like, he just, he's like, man, like you believed in me from the get go and we built something and to be there. So, you know, just an awesome, awesome time. As the number one podcast in ATV racing, it's only right that we partner with the industry leaders in suspension tuning. Insert Impact Solutions. Impact Solutions is a full-service ATV and side-by-side suspension center specializing in the revalving and service of your motocross and off-road suspension. With over 25 years of elite-level knowledge, experience, and testing with riders of all ages and ability levels, Casey Greek, Jay Goble, and the Impact crew strive to exceed clients' expectations for service and setup. Impact Solutions is the official Elka Suspension Service Center of the United States, offering unmatched product knowledge and experience. Whether you're in need of service, parts, warranty, sales, or technical support, Impact Solutions has you covered. Head over to ImpactSolutionsATV.com or give them a call today. We interrupt this program for a special news bulletin. The following message is brought to you by Manscaped.com. The Manscaped engineering team has outdone themselves this time, creating the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, now available for purchase in the U.S. and Canada. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped, an official sponsor of the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast, with this exclusive offer of 20% off and free worldwide shipping with code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. I'm one of the first people to try the new 4.0, and I am blown away. This thing is next level. What sets this trimmer apart from all the rest? The Lawnmower 4.0 gives you the ability to turn the LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. It features a new multi-functioning on-off switch with travel lock for those of us who like to travel. And my favorite, the new trimmer allows you to customize your trim with four different guard lengths and upgrade from its predecessor that only featured two. If you're listening, you know that good tools are a must, so wait no more to get the best tools for the job. Get 20% off and free shipping with code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com by using code DIGGINGDEEP20. Hey everyone, this is Larry Mills, president of DP Breaks North America and proud partner of the Digging Deep ATV MX podcast. We at DP Breaks are a longtime supporter of ATV racing and the world leader in centered brake technology, dominating the ATV world for decades by supporting the best four-wheel racers on the planet. This year's lineup includes Jeff Rastrelli, Mark Baldwin and Baldwin Motorsports, Ford Brothers Racing, Nick Janusa, and many more, including Mr. Digging Deep himself, Cody Jansen, plus all the top 17 GNCC pros such as seven-time champion Walker Fowler, Bryce O'Neill, Hunter Hart, Cole Richardson, Jared McClure, Adam McGill, and previous champion Chris Borch. These top riders continue to appreciate the high performance and impressive durability that their DP brakes have to offer, products that ultimately help place them on top of the podium week after week. DP Brakes are available through www.dp-brakes.com or you can purchase them through your local parts and limited stocking dealer or you can even message us, myself, Larry Mills, or DP Brakes on Instagram or Facebook. And if you have any questions about product or sponsorship support, 
please ask us. We are waiting for you. Join the best ATV riders in the world equipped with DP brakes and have a great year, everyone. Nearing two decades into the brand's existence, Factory 43 is back and better than ever, continuing to make major waves in the ATV world. For the third consecutive season, Factory 43 is the official aluminum parts choice of the Phoenix Racing ATV team, providing their state-of-the-art Evo Nerf bars, MX-style front bumpers, and grab bars for two-time champ Joel Hetrick. If you're in the market to upgrade your Nerf bars, bumpers, or grab bars, head over to Factory43ATV.com to see their full line of industry-leading products available for all makes and models. Head over to Factory43ATV.com today. Success in the ATV MX world is similar to what creates financial success as well. The right people, the right advice, and more importantly, hard work and the benefit of an ongoing relationship as situations change and adversity is experienced. Do you have the right financial advisor to help you reach your goals? Haymower Financial Group can create a personalized, goal-based plan to help your family prepare for whatever life brings. Call me, Scott Haymower, at Haymower Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, at 920-338-8150. That's 920-338-8150. Offices located in beautiful De Pere, Wisconsin, with registrations and clients nationwide. Uh, we talk about this all the time on these shows that, you know, when you're uh, Joel Hetrick or you're uh, even a uh, Impact Solutions, you guys win a lot of races, you win a lot of championships, but that's not necessarily, ex- you know, even if you expect it, can't take it for granted like that, um, that uh, appreciation or living in the moment for it, not just looking to the next thing is something that like, that's what you do it for. So that's such a, a great message message to touch on there, Casey. But um, yeah, with, with Bryce, man, after he passes, Joel uh, wins the, the finale. The video is absolutely epic. Like you said. Um, you know, they, they both are getting buck wild. Bryce hangs on and makes it happen. Everyone is going nuts, which is, is crazy. And, uh, I truly think that we're going to see, you know, Bryce Ford next year, a Bryce Ford that is, you know, really going to try to compete with these top two guys. I think that obviously we've seen that this is the off season of Bryce Ford at this point, I feel like, and I'll talk to him about this when we have him coming up on the show here. Um, but uh, exact opposite of what we saw last year, right? Where last year it seemed like things were almost up in the air. He admitted as much. And this year, I mean, he's got to be gung ho because he has all the wind in his sails right now, heading into 2023. And I think there's no doubt just on how happy he is, how much he's living for this, uh, all the excitement surrounding him, all the, I mean, even these are off season races, but we're still seeing him take steps. And I think that that's just going to bode so well for him going forward that, uh, I think that there's no doubt we see him grab another gear there's no doubt in my mind at all yeah and i think for bryce i mean what a turnaround you know i mean there were some lows mm-hmm. you know mid-season this year and obviously all the bullshit that we've talked mm-hmm. about a hundred times yeah um but a turnaround of an off season for him and you know his vibe is just super good and you know i think what he accomplished at quad crest nations and and I'm, I haven't really talked to him about it, but I've talked to like with his dad about it. I think that winning that moto was what he needed to bode the confidence to go to the next step. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there was never a doubt in my mind pretty much the whole day, say the Webless race. I kind of had visioned that it was going to be Joel and Bryce in the final. Okay. I don't know why. Maybe because I was playing Keno the night before and I literally just put like a dollar on number four alone and hit. I don't know how that happens, but okay. and then I also hit it on 13. So crazy. <laughs> but um, 
you know, those are the numbers I I play. Yeah. I play Kino, which is, you know, whatever. Right. Anyway, so I he I knew he had the confidence to put himself in the final, and I know obviously he has incredible you know single two lap sprint speed is is just we see how many times has he been fastest qualifier. That's but his biggest knew, strength, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and Brandon Hogue is really good at that too. So I really I thought it was going to be close between Brandon and Bryce and for the biggest difference between those two, I mean, there, Brandon was fast when, when he'd get through the tires or when he was on the motor track, like he was yep. right there on par speed wise. So yep. um, you definitely can't count him out, but for Bryce, I think the confidence was there that he was going to play it the way he needed to, to put himself in that final. And and that's exactly what happened. And dude, the kid was a nervous wreck before <laughs> he knew he had to go stand off with Joel Hedrick and, for him to not, you know, it shows what where his mental strength's getting. Like mm-hmm. Joel was cool, calm, collected. Like I mean, he had to be somewhat nervous just because I think anytime you go to the starting gate, you you need to be somewhat nervous. But yeah, yep. he was pretty cool, and I could see Bryce down there, and he's just like pacing, walking back and forth, and like you could just tell. And John's over there, like, hey, hey, calm down, come here, Bryce. You know, trying to talk to Bryce to keep him cool, and he held it together. So you know what? Good for him. Like such a cool deal. Um, and an awesome, you know, trophy to hang on the wall in that sense, you know, that big check and stuff. He's like running around dancing with it, <laughs> just having a ball and, you know, good for him. And yeah. the ball, of, the, the rolling ball of confidence that he's going to bring into next year is going to be incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's the, the off season of Bryce Ford, like I said, so that's uh, awesome to see. It's uh, he's such a great kid. He really is. Uh, it's just awesome to to see this for him. A couple things I want to touch on there. So you got to see Brandon Hogue for the first time on this Yamaha YFZ 450R. Now that he's back on that thing, his uh, hat trick racing ride. Um, you said that he looked good on the track. You know, the, the enduro section is an outlier. It doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things um so how did he i mean how did he look you got eyes on him for the first time on going back to the yamaha still crazy that this is the you know the, the course of action that happened for for brandon hogue um tell the listeners how he looked on the the blue machine um i think he looked great i mean he he was fast no no doubt in my mind and and when he rode the yamaha a couple years ago he was fast um i think what happened more or less like a couple years ago for him was he didn't have two bikes, like didn't have a practice bike and a race bike. So he, and you know, he had more Honda stuff. So it was just easier for him to kind of transition back. But, you know, a lot of the things are still the same, you know, Tim Dentling's doing the motor work and, and are the head and stuff and the tuning for the Yamaha now. So, you know, I think it was pretty comfy switch for him because he was already familiar somewhat. So, yeah, I mean, he looked like Brandon Hogue. I mean, no doubt in my mind, like the kid's going to be fast. He's going to be there next year and um, be in the midst of this battle for sure. Awesome. Yeah. I wanted to at least get a comment on that because I think a lot of people are are watching that whole situation have been throughout um, because he, he walked away from a really good gig for something that he thinks is possibly going to be better has potential to be better. So uh, obviously needed to, to touch on that. And then something that you kind of, uh, touched on briefly earlier 
is the fact that Joel Hetrick, it's amazing that he even had a quad to ride. Like you said, everything just worked out where, you know, the guys at the shop, you know, hammered out uh, getting his practice bike ready. And then, you know, Fords are waiting, which is an, another awesome thing, right? The They just do so much for so many people. So many great things in the sport are uh, thanks to them stepping up and just trying to do anything they can to help. So uh, they're kind of waiting. So Joel's bike can get thrown in the, you know, their rig and, and get brought out there and stuff but uh man just uh just um wanted to take a second to give everybody credit that you know kind of got joel hattrick a quad out there and and a quad uh to ready to ride um for that event because obviously you don't have joel hattrick at that event uh you know arguably the fastest man on the planet the biggest name in atv racing you know current atv racing at this point reigning champ uh that event wouldn't have been the same without joel hattrick so credit to everybody involved after Obviously, we saw, like you said, Joel and and Grayson Eller's bikes being stolen in Texas there. Uh, what a heart-wrenching thing. But credit to everybody involved to get Joel out there yet, because though it's a devastating blow, obviously, for, for that whole team and that effort and Joel, uh, his whole family, everything like that. But uh, the fact that he was still able to get out there and compete, I feel like that probably, you know, weathered or dampened the blow at least a little bit. Yeah, for sure. And I, I mean, obviously, if he would have won it, I think they probably would have all forgot all that stuff ever happened. And and it seemed so seamless and it was so easy mm-hmm. that it just it all happened. But yes, there was a lot of hard work behind the scenes, a lot of stressful times for them. You know, I know Gary had to grind like super hard to get that bike finished up so they could get it loaded. And then, you know, they had to have a guy basically just drive all night, you know, the rest of that day and all night to get the thing to the middle of Texas which was, you know, technically only halfway there. Right. Yeah. And when when David was pretty much already there by this point, when the bike was getting delivered, David had drove the, the truck and trailer that ended up getting broken into. Yeah. So, you know, lots of hard work. And, you know, I think you kind of nailed it, or you, I know you nailed it like perfect on, you know, giving the shout out to what really went on behind the scenes it, it looked like it was all easy from the front but it was definitely a lot of hard work well i think that that's why i wanted to comment on it is you know joel hetrick just ends up at the event and he's riding a phoenix racing yamaha but uh at the same time you know like you said so much goes into it to make that happen i just didn't want to overshadow the fact that you know a lot of people and a lot of work had to go into to getting this machine out there and getting it ready and all these things so um that's that's uh, amazing but it's also like it's mind blowing as to that whole thing happening, right? Like uh, if I, if I was able to kind of read through the the pictures and stuff, I mean, did, did they really like drag a car out of the way to get the back of that trailer open? And then was uh, there was other quads in there. Wasn't Brad Riley's quad in there as well. And that thing didn't, didn't end up getting taken, but the Phoenix racing quads did. I mean, just there's so much surrounding that whole deal. That's like, man, how does that happen? Yeah, it was crazy. So uh, Galata's bikes were in there, too. So there was two of Galata's bikes in there, and they were in the very front of the trailer. And then there was, I believe it was Grayson's bike, and then Joel's bike, and then Brad Riley's. Yeah. But Brad brought a Honda, yeah. and he didn't have the tether in the kill cord or the okay. kill switch. Okay. And so when they, I, from, you know, theories and, and talking with David, obviously David's seen the whole scene firsthand so he could see what had happened. They drug Brad's bike out and tried to start it. It wouldn't start. So they went to the next one, had a key in it with a tether. They turned the key, fired the thing up and took off. They grabbed the next one, which 
David's seen the video. I've never seen the video, but so, you know, it's very obvious, like, this is what ended up happening. They grabbed so Grayson's there, so, bike. So there, there, is was, a, there is a surveillance video of this whole thing, though? Yeah, from what I've been told. Got it. Okay, okay. Go ahead. But you can't tell who they are. Of course, and yeah. And they got the license plate of the vehicle that pulled the vehicle out of behind the trailer so they can get it open. Yeah. But that vehicle was stolen also. So they got no info on the, who they were. The, yeah. The actual criminals. Got it. But so then they pulled Grayson's out. And so they took off on Grayson's, took off on Joel's. There was three guys. And then someone had to drive the vehicle that they were in. So they took got off it. on that and just left the trailer, everything wide open. David mm-hmm. come out in the morning to leave and walks out to his trailer that the doors open, bike sitting outside, his boots and gear were all sitting on the Nerf bar. Like they didn't take anything else, but just those two bikes and were gone. That's crazy. So obviously that's, that's all of our biggest fears, right? Like, um, typically, you know, I've always tried to back up to a, to one of the light poles. Right. But that's always, Mm -hmm. obviously not always an option. So you park, um, with a vehicle, you know, right outside that door. So to think that they towed a vehicle out of the way and they're trying to start these quads and all these things to think about like the noise. And I just, that's such a ballsy thing. It's such a crazy thing to wrap your head around. So that's my biggest fear. I can't imagine David walking out and seeing this, right? I mean, that's just blows my mind. So, you know, when I'm seeing the pictures and I'm trying to make sense of this, I'm like, well, like it seemed a little fishy, like an inside job or something, being that those are the quads that were stolen, but it makes perfect sense now. The fact that, you know, Brad Riley's tether wasn't in his Honda was probably what saved that quad from being stolen. And and that's yeah. that's that's a crazy thing to think about. Uh, obviously, good fortune for him, terrible fortune for the Phoenix Racing guys and, and all of us um, on Yamahas. I mean, that, that's probably the reality of it. Yeah, and it's not like, I mean, we know how hard it is to get parts and components to to build machines. And that's what, when David called me, he's like, hey, get some shocks on order. I'm like, that's what you're worried about right now? He's like, well, I just know how Gotta hard be. it is to get everything. Like, this yeah. is the day it happened. And he's like, you know, it is what it is. Like, you know, obviously he's pissed and bummed out. That was right. Joel's actual championship quad. They're going to ride it for this race, and then they're going to put it in the shop on display. And so, you know, you can build another one or you can make another one look just like that one, but you still know that that's not the championship quad. So that really sucks. Yeah. Um, But yeah, he's just like, whatever, like we got to move forward. The world doesn't stop turning because this happened and we're going to go. And so he's like, I know how hard it is to get stuff. So let's just get everything started on order and start moving forward right now. I mean, he handled it well. I'll, I'll give him that. Like when he called me, I was like, what? Why are you calling me? But yeah. you have all this going on, but now, and you know, knowing why he called me, not like, why are you calling me in a bad way? But like, mm-hmm. I didn't think I was the first person on his list to call and tell what happened. <laughs> There's mm-hmm. plenty of other people that were, I'm sure were blowing him up. And, you know, I figured I'd just wait and call him later that night or whatever and talk to him about it. Once the, everything kind of went mm-hmm. simmered down, but it was, I don't know. I think it was like noon or so when he called me. Geez. I mean, so this is the thing I think about in these scenarios and obviously, you know, thieves are the lowest of the low. Right. But, um, and obviously they wouldn't probably know this, but it's like, and obviously like I've, I've seen quads that are spray bombed, spray painted all black. You know, you can tell it's a stolen quad. I've, I've seen that, but it's, it's like, what do you do with the thing? What can they do with it? Because anybody that knows anything if they see this quad, even if it's spray bombed, there's stuff on that quad. There's parts on that quad that like you can't even buy. 
right? So, I mean, it's yeah. like, what do, you, what do you do with the thing? Unless you part it out. And even then, when some of these parts become available, you're going to be like, okay, um, well, you can't buy that. Or, or you know, there's specific things to Joel Hattrick's quad. So it's like, in my mind, it's like either the thing's got to, you know, got to sit under a tarp for 20 years, or, I mean, eventually this thing's going to show up. Like it's not just somebody's TRX or somebody's YFZ that got stolen. It's a, it's a quad and parts that like, aren't going to be mistaken as anybody else's. Yeah. So I'm really curious to see how this is going to play out. I mean, the thing is probably, they're probably just doing wheelies down the streets in Amarillo <laughs> right now, like right. thinking nothing of it. And then someone's going to come by one day and see it, or they're going to get pulled over and then they're yeah. going to run the van. And, you know, obviously the cops are going to look at it and, they may not know anything about quad racing, but they're going to look at it and go, okay, like this wasn't built for you to come ride wheelies down the street or mm -hmm. whatever is going on. And yeah. they, it's going to surface. I, I think they're going to surface or mm -hmm. they're already in Mexico and we're never going to see them. Again. Oh, and that's true. If that you happens. Know. Yeah. Um, if that happens, crazy thing, Casey, that I've learned. Uh, I don't know if we got any live PD fans out there. I guess it's called On Patrol Live now. <laughs> on Patrol, but, yeah, yeah, it's On Patrol Live. It's my, you know, it's my my Friday and Saturday night go to, right? <laughs> yeah. But but you see, like nowadays, these guys and they actually sometimes show like the inner city dudes like riding around on banshees and you know dirt bikes and whatever, and they like have these policies that if it's on a motorcycle, like you can't like the 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 officers are instructed like it's a policy in their districts you can't chase them so yeah. as a safety thing for for them and other people so it's wild it's just so crazy to me i can't believe we're talking about this but it's crazy to me that like they just get free reign kind of like they, they'll do laps around the you know the patrol vehicles it, it's wild how that happens like it i just i can't wrap my head around that maybe it's because i'm from wisconsin you know in the midwest here but that's just wild to me i, I can't make any sense of it it, it's unbelievable, Cody, and that this whole topic and a million other things that people are just allowed to get away with, we can definitely have on. Um, we we need to do a digging deep <laughs> after dark with Casey Greek or something. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it's actually an idea that I've been thinking about, like trying to do it, but it's so tough because you you know we all we're all trying to run a business or we're all trying to do things, mm -hmm. so you don't want to offend people. But right. um, maybe we'll put it behind a paywall. So yeah, there pay, you go. Even if it's a dollar just to hear us talk crap all day. Right, right. But, right, um, right. yeah, you know, On Patrol Live is awesome. That's our Friday and Saturday night, like, <laughs> like church. I mean, it's insane. And then yeah. now Yellowstone's on on Sundays. So there you go. Um, we got that back, but it's addicting. It's a, it's a bummer, dude. And the yeah. thieves, I mean, come on, you guys. And, you know, I, I for anything want that bike to come back to Joel because, Number one, I mean, just because it needs to, but yeah, yeah. the sentimental, sentimental value of that bike is worth more than what the bike is in all honesty. Yeah. Um, to Joel and, and to David, I mean, David don't have a collection of motorcycles and, and accomplishments for no reason. Like mm -hmm. those are sentimental to him. And I know he wanted that bike inside his little showroom that he's got in the front of the shop. So just a shitty deal all the way around. Yeah, um, absolutely gutted for those guys. And we all are. You can tell by the response on social media with everybody, you know, sharing the the posts about it and everything like that. So I absolutely gutted for those guys. And I don't know what the, what a good resolution is because, I mean, there's – 
too much time has went by. The thing wouldn't be the same anymore anyway. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just absolutely gutted for those guys. But uh, Casey finishing up here, uh, how are things, I guess, home front or work front? Basically what I'm asking is um, how are things at impact solutions? Can listeners looking for support from impact solutions this off season, can they send resumes in yet? And if so, uh, where should they direct those? I just wanted to touch on some impact solutions related stuff before we got out of here. Yeah, no, everything's good. Um, just cranking away and, you know, getting things done and, you know, kind of ramping up for, you know, really the crazy time. And it really starts happening right here after Thanksgiving. Yep. Um, I hadn't made like a formal announcement of like sponsorship being open, but I did speak with Elka yesterday. They're opening sponsorship. So we're opening sponsorship. You can email me directly at Casey at impact solutions, ATV.com or hit me up on social media or whatever. And I'll text it over to whoever needs the email address and um, we'll get all those together. And then hopefully I can start having responses back out right at the first of the first of December, um, you know, and later, maybe even later this week and kind of over like the Thanksgiving time, you know, we might get a couple of days where I can actually sit and just focus on doing that. I try to just knock it all out at once mm-hmm. because it, it is a very long process and a contract out to everyone. Yeah, big job. But um, it's awesome. And, you know, I've already gotten a ton of resumes. So I guess formally opening sponsorship we're going to do right now. Oh, I love it. I love it. Well, uh, all of our listeners should get on that for sure. Obviously, uh, Impact Solutions, we talked about it already, but the the track record speaks for itself. Um, so much winning from the top to the bottom, from the top classes all the way down to the youth classes. Uh, it's, it's incredible. So uh, one last thing I want to leave our listeners with, Casey. Uh, we'll leave them with kind of a little tease for an episode to come. Casey works closely with the new GNCC uh, XC1 champ, Mr. Bryson Neal. We already touched on him a little bit, and that's why I didn't want to dig in too much right then and there because I wanted the teaser to be at the end of the episode here Uh, but we're going to have Bryson coming up on the show here in the near future so we're stoked on that Casey and uh, obviously wanted to thank you for playing a major role in that he's a guy that I told you I mean so many we have so many overlaps right with CST and impact and and all these things so he was a guy that I I, that I wanted to talk to I think he's a guy that probably listens to our show at least from from watching kind of uh, his social media stuff and interactions with uh, our social stuff and whatever Um, um, but a guy that I really wanted to get on the show. So he was at the top of my list. You messaged me the other day and said, Hey, what do you think about this? So I uh, want to thank you for kind of playing middleman there. Uh, but really looking forward to have uh, Bryson on the show here to talk about, I mean, lowest of lows, right. Of, of getting hurt and coming back from that. And now to uh, being the champion at the, at the pinnacle of the woods racing side of the sport is pretty special. So really, really, really looking forward to getting Bryson Neal on the show here. Yeah, and I, I actually I talked to Bryson today, and I, I I told him I said you better be ready. I said Cody's going to call you soon, or you know shoot you a message or whatever. I said, yeah, you know uh, it'll be cool for him. And um, what a year that guy had, and just a just a humble dude. I mean he he's one of my good friends, and and we talk, and you know we talk all the time, and we we end up on the phone for hours, and we're not even just talking like racing or business, like just life and stuff like that. So. Um, huge congratulations to him. I'm so proud and so thankful to be part of that program. Just a little bit that I get to be is just, uh, very thankful for it and thankful for him. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like an awesome guy. So I'm really, really, really excited for that conversation. But uh, Casey, I think that that'll do for now. This is a blast. This is this conversation was awesome. Covering an awesome event. It's been so much fun. Uh, we're going to finish up with uh, hearing from Bryce Ford. 
coming up here to finish out the episode here, our Wavos Pro Invitational winner. Uh, but Casey, just want to thank you so much again for for uh, joining us here on the show. You bring so much to it. Again, such a fun conversation. Uh, I think I'd kind of thought that the the event coverage episodes were done, and uh, seems like this is this now we might be done. But this has been a, a really fun one and a really uh, good way to um, kind of cap the coverage of a, a really truly awesome event. Yeah. And thanks for having me again. And, um, I look forward to doing some more shows and, you know, we'll, we'll keep grinding here and getting it done. Yeah. I appreciate it. Casey, you're the man that's impact solutions, very own Casey Greek right here on the digging deep ATVMX podcast brought to you by Rocky mountain ATVMC. You know what to do. Click that banner on our website for all your gear and parts needs this off season. Thanks again, Casey. We'll uh, talk to you soon, buddy. I appreciate it so much. All right, Cody. Thank you. Talk soon. Insurance. It's not something everyone likes to talk about, but let's face it. If you race motocross, it's something you should have. Integrative Financial Concepts is an independent financial service and insurance firm who offers moto-friendly insurance and helps out riders like Nick Janusa, Jeffrey Rastrelli, and Joel Hetrick gain confidence on the track. With their unique safe-to-race and safe-to-ride programs, if you qualify, they have the ability to offer life insurance with living benefits to those who ride. With these living benefits, you may have the ability to access a portion of your life insurance policy while you're still living for things like cancer, heart attack, stroke, or chronic illness. They can also help with many other things such as home, auto, motorhome, and trailer insurance, as well as college planning, special needs planning, payroll processing, as well as group health benefits for your business. So whether something happens on or off the track, Integrated Financial Concepts has you covered. With their complimentary one-on-one appointments, what are you waiting for? Reach out to Mike Daniele at D-A-N-I-E-L-E underscore Michael at nlgroupmail.com today and see how Integrated Financial Concepts can help you. Living benefit riders are supplemental benefits that can be added to a life insurance policy and are not suitable unless you have the need for life insurance. Riders are optional and may require additional premium and may not be available in all states or on all products. This is not a solicitation for any specific insurance policy. Just like the sport of ATV motocross as a whole, our Digging Deep community is brought together by the love for racing that we all share. Our sport is compiled of many great people and leading that charge is the Launderville family at Launderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply. This racing-owned family business is a steel and concrete supplier serving the entire United States. Launderville Steel is a full-service steel supplier of new and surplus steel, aluminum, and stainless steel products headlined by the 4130 chromoly tubing and plate used in the building of chassis for ATVs and UTVs, off-road truck racing, late-model dirt and pro tractor pulling series, drag racing, and more. Launderville Steel loves their racing just as much as we do, but don't forget about their concrete division as well. With over 25 years of experience, the Concrete Division can supply everything you need to complete your next business or personal project. Their central Midwest location enables LSE to easily serve customers across the United States. For a quote, additional info, answers to more of your questions, or to talk a little racing, head over to LaundervilleSteel.com or give them a call today. We are proud to be partnered with yet another racer-owned company. Thank you, Launderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply. Here at Digging Deep, we have an obvious passion for ATVs and pridefully enjoy sharing the sport's history. Since 2019, when the podcast was born, we've been working to partner with individuals who share our passion, but one man and his vision had been missing from our partnership group. Until now. When it comes to the sport's history, the hallowed grounds of Binky's Forever ATC Museum has it all. 
Binky Tapscott's mind-blowing collection of three- and four-wheelers has preserved history by spanning all makes and models from Honda three-wheelers in chronological order to unique builds that shaped ATV racing as we know it, like Doug Gust's iconic DRZ-powered hybrid thumper and everything in between. There's no denying Binky's passion, a passion that we certainly relate to here at Digging Deep. Binky's goal is to share his amazing collection with fellow enthusiasts by making his prized possessions accessible to the public via scheduled visits. Follow Forever ATC Museum on Facebook and watch foreveratc.com for further updates on possibly getting a chance to see Binky's Forever ATC Museum for yourself. We are proud to welcome Binky's Forever ATC Museum to the Digging Deep family. Evans Waterless Power Sports Coolant. The best power sports coolant on the market, Evans prevents overheating and boil over so you need not worry about harming your engine or suffering a premature end to your ride no matter what the conditions. Designed for use in ATVs, UTVs, motorcycles, and other power sports equipment, when conditions are at their worst, Evans is at its best. Upgrade to Evans now to avoid overheating and boil over next time you hit the track or trail. Use discount code DIGGINGDEEP20 at checkout to save at EvansCoolant.com. Thanks for listening, and remember to support our partners. Now back to the show. All right, guys, back here on the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast, and tonight's final guest has been on an absolute tear, a podium finish to end the ATV motocross season, put Team USA on his back to help win the Quad Cross of Nations for our great country, and now he's $10,000 richer after winning the Wavos Pro Invitational, brought to you by Integrative Financial Concepts and their Safe to Race and Safe to Ride insurance programs. Say hello to Mr. Bryce forward buddy you got to feel like you're on top of the world right now it just keeps getting better yeah it felt uh amazing going to vegas and and getting to um you know race that race and then uh winning it the way i won it was definitely crazy but i'm excited to talk about it and thanks for having me on yeah, I always love having you, pal. But yeah, the 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 race looked amazing. Um, that final was something else. The video is epic. It'll live on forever. So we all know about that last lap pass to beat out Joel Hattrick, and we'll get into that, of course. But take me through your thoughts when you show up to this thing. You see the track. You see the enduro section. Uh, I would have to believe maybe a little pressure or anxiety or something along those lines comes with knowing that like this is different than than what we're all used to. Yeah, honestly, when we showed up, uh, we we stayed in Vegas and we were driving out there, and then it went to like out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, um, so I was not sure what I was getting into, but we saw a bunch of dust somewhere uh, <laughs> off about like five miles away, and um, coincidentally, it was the track. Um, we show up, the track had no water on it. They were just putting in the logs and tires because the event got mm-hmm. moved to locations. Yeah. Um. So when I showed up, I you know like. Like I, you know, I race motocross. I've never seen logs or tires on a track. So uh, I was shocked. Um, I wasn't super nervous about it because I've never truly even hit that stuff. So I was like, it's either going to go really good. I can get (laughs) over them or I can't, you know. So uh, they get the logs and tires ready. We have a riders meeting and and Wes brings us out there for practice. Um. And I think Max Linquist was the one to hit it first on the bigger side. Uh, he struggled for a minute, and I was like, I'm glad I didn't go first because Max, you know, he's he's a great motocross racer, and I feel like like our uh, our IQ and, like, motocross skill is very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, so to see him struggle, I was like, uh, this might be a little bit harder than, than I anticipated. Um, I went up. I couldn't get over it at first. It took me – five tries i had to get off push the bike back 
dumped the clutch again. We've saw um, some videos. I, we saw some videos. Yeah, I ended up getting over it. Um, and then they ended up filling it in a little bit to make it a little easier. Mm -hmm. Um, in which that was on the left side, and I got a little excited once I got over the first tires and later in practice, and I like seat balanced a log and my front end started diving and I endowed um, and I was the only one to wreck on the day, but Hey, you know, it was all, all fun. Um, and then I don't want to go into too much yet, but mm -hmm. yeah, it was, it was crazy when I first showed up, I didn't know what to expect. And then I saw those big tires. Like, like I said, it wasn't truck tires. It was like off-road vehicle size tires. So they, mm -hmm. they were big for sure. Yeah. So for me, that that like that type of stuff is what causes stress for me is like not knowing exactly what it's going to be like. So I kept thinking, you know, if I was in your shoes, like, man, I would, I think I would have been nervous. Uh, I love your mindset. And that probably explains why you're who you are and why you're as good as you are is it's kind of like, man, I don't know. I don't know why I should be nervous. You know what I mean? But for me, it, it like, I have this thought of like, man, I'd just be worried. Like, man, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to necessarily navigate it. This is all new. I don't want to make a fool of myself, all these things. And, uh, and, and yeah, it's funny how it all worked out, but at the same time, I mean, there's no real real pressure it's not like a it's not like an atb motocross national for all the marbles right it's not your job so um you know it's it's a one-off fun event and casey told us like and we know the event changed locations and all that stuff we got into that with with wes and casey but uh casey told us you weren't even sure you were going to go to this thing as it kind of got got closer to happening yeah no for sure that's the thing is like before the races, everyone knows like it was planned to be at Prim or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden the event changed and I was just wasn't sure, you know, if the race was going to be, you know, worth it to go to, but Hey, Wes made it all happen. It was, it was a super fun event and um, you know, to get the opportunity to race for $10,000 for me is um, something I've seen before in past years for other pros, but I've never got the opportunity to race. So, yeah, to be able to you know get invited to something like that and um honestly win the event, uh, it was you know it was really special to me. Like mm -hmm. you said, it's not like an ATV race. It's it was a little bit different, uh, for me. You know, it should have been more pressure because money is at the end of the day. I feel like you know what really pushes me in yeah. racing. Um, but no, it was it was it was awesome. The whole atmosphere, the event, like he had a you know, the concert there, band there playing. Like, it was it was really cool to see. And, and just to see, like, Wes put so much effort and money into an event that, you know, really yanked him around for a little bit. Uh, but to see yeah. him pull it off, it was it was really awesome. Yeah, I mean, and then, in you know, in my mind, like, to think that he creates this big event, there's all these old pros there, these legends, all this stuff, um, cool event, all this hype, all the posts, all these things that he did to bring it together. And then to be the guy that stood on top of the podium is a pretty special thing. So take me through the the racing leading up to the finale. Uh, like I said, we saw some videos. I think the videos I saw were from practice with you uh, taking on the enduro section and stuff. But uh, who did who did you have uh, like to go up against in the brackets leading up to the finale. Give my listeners the lowdown on that. Yeah. So just, just before that, um, we had to do qualifying and it was okay. going to go from like first place races, 16th place, you know, like a bracket goes, mm -hmm. uh, um, but so we were qualifying and, and we were all wondering how we were going to mm -hmm. do that. And I guess at the other place he had e score there, like a live timing, 
Um, okay. But he had to do it off a stopwatch. And I yard sailed it in practice on the left side on the small tires, but the left side was the fast, faster side. Um, so in qualifying, I took the right side just because I felt confident that I could make it through. Um, so that was like, you know, a guaranteed decent time, not, you know, the fastest of the day. But mm -hmm. I ended up losing to it went uh, Joel Hetrick, Max Walker or John and then me. I got fifth, okay. um, which was honestly, you know, not great for me. But what made it like really cool is that I lost to John Natale um because like growing up i got to ride with him a lot and do you know train and see what he did um and to see him come out, out of retirement probably hasn't rode a quad since he retired get on a on a yfz something that i know he's never rode right and beat me on my own bike i was like you know this is like frustrating but this <laughs> is like from growing up this is john natale like yeah. this is what he did and um, that was super special to me. It really sucked that we didn't get to race each other. But it would have been super cool if we would have went like I would have got first or he would have got first and we would have raced in the final. Mm -hmm. But um, so I qualify fifth. Uh, my first race, I raced Brad Riley and um, nothing against him. But he was he looked like he was struggling in practice and qualifying and um yeah, we line up at the log on the first one. I come out ahead on the after the tire section, and I take an outside line just to try it. Next thing I know, like, he straight up was in front of me, but I had the momentum, and I passed him again, Um, and he stayed there the whole time. I was going, you know, a good pace, a pace that I thought, you know, was fast enough, and yeah. it, it wasn't. Um, he was there the whole time, so, you know, I won by a couple seconds in that one. And then in my second race, um, I had to race Max. And if, if you were there, you would have seen how crazy that was. He got to race Jeremy Ladone. We heard we one. heard it we heard it was wild. Yeah. Yeah, and like and like I know there's like me and Max are big competitors, but um honestly like an event like that, it was sort of like the nation saying for me, you know, I really want to see the motocross guys do good. Pulling for um, your guys, of of course. Yeah, Max yeah. Max starts, he stalls it on the tire or something. And uh, he catches up a little bit, and then they get back through for the second lap. He f flies over the front. He loses another 10 seconds probably. Last last turn, he makes a, an insane pass, um, which was awesome. So we got to race each other. Uh, I got a decent, you know, jump through the first set of logs and, and pretty much just rode consistent on the motocross part um, and was just like the logs were make or break. Like, yeah. if you didn't make it through the logs and tires, you were in trouble. Um, so I just made it through those good twice and uh, ended up beating him. Um, and then pretty much going into the – it was Walker and John, and I was like, you know, hopefully I get to race John, but also Walker Fowler uh, to me is like the Chad Wienan of GNCC. So of course. that's a big deal. Um, so Walker won, and I was pretty much like, if you, if you beat him, you know, it like – you don't have anything to lose. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I knew it was going to be tough for sure. He was leading me. He was beating me uh, for the first lap of the race. And I'll tell you what, I was getting roosted with those rocks and I wasn't like mad at him or anything, but, but I was, I was heated that I was getting hit. You know, it's aggravating. It, it roost, yeah. Cause yeah. it was, it was a little chilly there and the roost like honestly hurt pretty bad. And I was like, all right, 
And then I ended up catching him. Um, and in the second lap, he made a mistake in the in the uh, log part. Okay. So I ended up passing him and getting the win there. Um, and then just sitting on the gate for Joel's race, it, you know, it's like <laughs> it is what it is. You know, mm-hmm. this is Joel Hetrick. I know he's going to hit the tires as fast as he can. Yeah. Um, people probably, you know, I don't know what they think about me, but I'm going to wreck trying to do it. <laughs> um, so we go up the first time. He takes the better side because he was the fastest uh, racer. Okay. Uh, he took the left side. He got through him on the right side. I had a brain fart and I just ran straight into the tires, but somehow popped my way over. Um, and then on the second lap, he was in front of me. And I guess he made a mistake. I saw in the video. Um, and I pretty much got over the first log and dumped the clutch, shot over the tires, almost went over the front, dumped the clutch again, held the gas, almost fell off the back. Yeah, almost did um, a Superman. Yep. Yeah, pretty much. And and then once I got through there, I looked back and I, I really didn't I didn't hear anyone around me. So I was like, am I like, you know, like confused or is he like way in front of me or what's going on i look back i don't hear anyone next thing i know i turn the next corner and it's a long straightaway and uh like there's there's multiple people uh that cheer me on standing on the track like like go slow like be smart because because something happened and i'm like wow you know like this is really kicking in uh next thing i know i look down and my heat lights on Uh, my radiator had a hole in it all day and we were just adding coolant but I was like, no, 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 please don't, you know, overheat or anything. Um, oh, gosh. But pretty much I made it through and <laughs> and I won the race. And then, you know, I've always thought about like a celebration when I win, but I just went to pulling the front brake in and holding the throttle. Yeah, and those I love mud it. Tires were, those mud tires were throwing some, throwing <laughs> some powder around. Yeah, but no, it was, it was insane um, just to, you know, be around all those people and, uh, the legends of that race, I, you know, John Natale, Walker Fowler, um, just all of them, Brad Riley, um, everyone there. It was, it was awesome. Uh, I would never, you know, if I got the opportunity to race that event again, or if we could make it happen, that would be super cool. And, and to see if we could get even more racers there. I know originally that was the plan, but yep. it didn't work out, but yeah, it was, it was insane for me. Uh, earlier that day I was at the, the Bellagio and, and I won three grand on a slot machine. So we started the day out good. <laughs> oh my, my head gosh. was good. Um, so pretty much in one day I made 14 grand. Nice. Uh, so if we ever have a race in Vegas, you best bet I'll be there. <laughs> I love it. What a, what a perfect day for you, man. But um, yeah, that last lap pass on Joel Hattrick and the video that goes along with it. That's something that will never be forgotten. The full send in that section is amazing. Uh, and then the shots after the race of how hyped you are. And you can just see it in your face. Right. And, and I saw your mom's video of like, Oh my God, like Bryce just, yeah, Bryce just won 10 grand. Like, man, it's, it's just so cool. So uh, definitely worth the trip for you and you crossed the finish line as the winner of this thing uh the event that everybody wanted to win and you just man you just had to be over the moon like i said i mean you could see it in your face how cool it was to win this thing and then and i don't know 
um, how much like you would have been into huevos when you were growing up. Uh, cause you, you know, you're younger, you're younger than dudes my age or whatever, but, uh, but to, to win, you know, the huevos invitational race, this reunion for huevos, uh, I just, that's gotta be the coolest thing. You know that, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to speak out of turn here, but you know that every ATV racer on the planet wanted to win that race. You know, you got to be a part of it and, and you performed and won that thing. And that's pretty freaking special. Even if it becomes, even if it becomes an annual thing, Bryce, you won the first one, just like we think about, just like we think about John Natale winning Daytona. He won the first one. And I always think about John Natale being, you know, Daytona, like, like that's a legendary thing for him. So let me tell you something real quick. I heard that, that he might come out of retirement and uh, you know, that would be super cool. But Hey, if he comes out of retirement, I don't, you know, I don't, you know, I bet he might win Daytona. That dude, <laughs> I'll tell you right now, Cody, that dude, like on my own bike that he's never rode the suspension set probably way lighter than what he weighs. Yeah. He looked really good. Dude, he's a monster. He's a monster. Like I was, I was blown away. And John used to not be, you know, really like super smooth with the bike, but Mm -hmm. like, you know, he's matured and he's changed a little bit. Like he lets the bike flow a little bit more. Um, Okay. So I was, I was really impressed, honestly. Like if he came back, I would love to see it. And like, I would love to, you know, honestly ride with him a little bit in the off season. But Yeah. yeah, like you said about Daytona, I don't doubt if that dude comes back, if he doesn't win it. I, uh, I, I think I said to Wes earlier on this episode that, you know, we always hear about Joe bird saying he's coming back. He's coming back. He's coming back. John Natale. He's uh he's quiet about it and just shows up at a race like this on a quad that he's never ridden with zero seat time and goes out and slays it. I mean, it's amazing. It's yeah. Not, yeah. not, not that I would expect anything else from the guy. Right. I mean, he's as legendary as it gets in our sport, but uh, it's amazing. And the one thing I was going to say before, when you talked about riding with him growing up and, and looking up to him and all those things, there was a time where you were number 13. And I got to believe that that was because, you know, John Natale was like a role model to you. Yeah, no, for sure. And that's like something like John's always been a role model to me. And it's not necessarily just on the track or on the bike. It's like, him as a person um just like the way he treats everyone you know he's super nice to everyone and just like just growing up around that it's like you know really opened my eyes and like if it wasn't for the people the younger kids or you know the families at the races it wouldn't be possible for uh the the pros to race um so just things like that he taught me and it's like yeah that dude's definitely a role model for me and and if I try to replicate anyone it's it's him yeah, he he's uh he's the man. So shoot me straight here. So we know that you won that money going into the day. You win that money by winning the the Wavos Invitational race. So shoot me straight. How much money did you uh lose or whatever at the casino afterwards, or did you play it safe and, and didn't uh didn't even risk it? You took your you took your chips and, and headed out. No, so that's the thing, is like going that night, I think I had like 13 grand. Um and I I think because I can't play, so I, I told Isa what machines. Uh, right, yeah. <laughs> so she, she was pressing the button. But, um, yeah, I went I went later that night, and I played or the next morning, and I won another 550 bucks, and then somehow got up to, like, four grand. But then I had some, some struggles. I got on roulette, <laughs> and I won some money but lost some. But, no, it was, it was all good. After right. that race, though, 
I'm telling you, my throat and stuff is still like a little congested. There was so much dust there. Sure. Um, but pretty much after we went back to Vegas and, and I just went to bed. Um, but going, it, you know, it made it pretty easy to go to bed knowing that, you know, I went to this event for fun and uh, to win the 10 grand. That's like I said, something I've never got the opportunity to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so to win that, it was special. And um, yeah, really everything like Wes Miller did for that event. Um, he had an awesome group of people, awesome crew yeah. to get that thing live streamed um you know a really good announcer like everything about the event was awesome um and i gotta give it off to you know ian for the graphics i don't know if you saw oh my dude graphics, so but... sick i was gonna hey i was gonna comment on that before because if if not you know the rocks hurt but it also like hurt me to think about that quad getting hit by the rocks because that thing looks so cool no that's that's what uh, hurt me when I oh, flipped the thing in practice. I was like, no, 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 the graphics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't care, you know, what's wrong with me. You know, my, you know, I got a cut on my arm or whatever, but I can't scratch these graphics up. Yeah. But, um, no, those graphics were insane. Um, and just everything he did, I know he, you know, does a lot for, for everything. And I know he was pretty involved in that event. And um, to see him fly out there and just support, you know, me and in our sport uh that's you know truly you know means a lot to me um there were just so many great people there like casey greek coming you know doing tires helping us with suspension like just wants to be a part of it 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 really means a lot to me you know and it's it was it was an awesome event i would like to you know go there and race at works one day but i definitely need some sprocket and uh rotor guards yeah, you uh, you actually said that to me before we hit record here, right? That you you bent a rotor right at the beginning of of practice. Is that was the, what the story? Yeah. Was? So yeah. So pretty much, like I said at the start of the practice, like there was no dirt in front of the tires, so it was like literally drop the clutch, slam the tires, and hope you make it over. Um, <laughs> and that's that's what I did, but I kept getting stuck because I was like seventy percent committed, and then when it came to it, I was like, I'm scared. And I, and my brother was like, you know, telling me, he doesn't really tell me often, but like, usually with me, it's like, calm down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he was yeah, like, rarely, you, know, you gotta hey, go for it. Hey, rarely, rarely are you ever 70%, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so I was like, you know, they were talking to me and I was like, Mark's like, you know, you got to commit. And when someone usually tells me something like that, they're like, not telling me, but telling me to go harder. So I'm like, you know what? I'm either going to wreck <laughs> on this run and practice or get through it. And I made it over the big tires, but next thing I know, I press on my rear brake pedal and, and I have no brakes. And I'm like, oh God. Because at this event, it was like practice qualifying race. Like there was not much of an intermission because it wasn't, you know, 30, 30 minute long motos. Right. Um, yeah. But Casey took the bike back. Mark wasn't, you know, too too big on that but i was like it was pretty important this track you know is really high speed and the sharp sharp turns uh so i got rear brakes thank gosh it never bent again um but yeah it was it was yeah it was crazy yeah what a what an awesome event to to talk about what an awesome weekend a weekend that 
um, you're going to to remember forever. And I've been uh, calling it Bryce. This is the this is the off season of Bryce Ford. You know, you're you're on a tear. Like I said when we started this thing, and what a difference a year makes, Bryce. You know, last off season seemed like you were a little burned out. You know, you kind of told us that on the show earlier this season. It sounds like you may not even go racing at one point. You know, things come together at the eleventh hour, et cetera, et cetera. Fast forward to now, and as of mid November, you could not have had a better off season to this point. And I got to believe that you're just so stoked heading into 2023. I mean, there's nobody right now with more wind in their sails than you. No. And that's the thing is like last year for me, like you said, was, was a struggle. Um, like I've said before, this is something I've done since I was four years old. Um, and I don't do it for the money. I do it for, you know, the joy and the fun and, uh, it brings our family together. Um, you know, and it's been something in my life I've always done. Uh, so, like, I just really lost it last year because when you get in pro class, it's like the fun is, you know, it's fun, but it's also like it's a business. Um, and to not really make a ton of money at it and, you know, train every day for it and just some of the things that you deal with, it is what it is. But, yeah, like these last three months for me have really changed. Like, ever since Loretta's, I've been, you know, I feel like riding like myself. Uh, when I went to Europe, I didn't really stress. I believed in myself, and um, I did what I needed to there. The Wavos event, I really wasn't sure what I was getting into, but um, I was prepared. Um, and then doing my thing there, but I feel like that really set me up well for for these next three months for sure until I start riding again. Like, yeah, I've been working out two times a day. Um, I feel like my legs, you know, and my, my overall strength has gotten better. Um, so I just have a lot of, you know, motivation right now and feel to be better. Um, and that's what, you know, I need to do to, to be able to catch Chad and Joel. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just stay consistent because last year, I'll tell you, I was at zero. I started three weeks before Daytona and I wasn't in good shape, you know, and then I got decent shape. I pulled a good start and I was like, oh my God, you know, this is like, you got to ride it out no matter how tight your arms get. Yeah. everything you know the whole situation you better push the whole time mm-hmm. um so i just plan on you know keep building i have a great group of people around me i feel like my we've made a lot of progress with my bike so everything's going good yeah and it's 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 cool to see and i'm so glad that it's come back around um and the more you perform like this you know the more you know dollars are going to be are going to be uh, able to be made by you doing this thing, riding your four wheeler for a living. But uh, the one thing I do want to comment on before letting you get out of here is um, I know how, you know, it, it's, it's not more than money for you in the sense that you need, you know, a person needs to be able to make money to survive kind of thing. But at the same time, it's, uh, it's more than money for other people. And what I mean by that is the way that you're going about your business and showing these other people in the sport and these kids and the way that you're leading by example, uh, you're planting seeds. There's a trickle down effect that comes from that. And there's so many young kids out there that are, you know, Bryce Ford fans, because it's almost like they look at you like you're one of them. You know, you don't look like you're that much older than them. In reality, you're really not. So, um, 
there's so much trickle down effect there. You're doing so much good for the sport with what you're doing right now, just by who you are. I've said this to you every time you've come on the show recently, but you just got to keep doing you and everything's going to fall into place, whether that's money wise, opportunity wise. I mean, everything you're doing right now is so spot on. We're, we're so proud of you, but you just got to keep slaying it and everything's going to fall into place. Cause like you said, I can't imagine that there's a better group of people surrounding anybody out there in the sport right now. You have the best uh, support group in the, in, in the ATV racing world. I truly believe that. No, that's for sure. And I really appreciate you saying that about like the younger generation. And, and that's something that, you know, I want to be better about um, growing up. Like I, like I've told you, there was one guy that really, or two guys, you know, Joel was really engaged with the amateur, you know, but he was younger at the time, but yeah. Uh, John Natale, like that's, that's what really changed, you know, my racing and and just like his mentality and and how generous he was to the younger kids um that's what you know pushes me and and it's not even like I'm trying to be you know different to the kids like like these kids are are the future of our sport and I was there one day and um like I can name off 85 percent of the racers in those youth classes because like I told you that's what keeps this sport going and and those are you know that's a big deal. Um, so just for me, that's, that's my goal to, to motivate and, um, want competition one day in pro class, maybe for me, maybe I'm not racing, you know, I want to see three or four guys go at it. Um, so yeah, just, I've really learned from John just following what he did, um, and just trying to be a better person. Um, but no, I have a great group of people around me and, and that's what's pushed me um, to be the best and, and be, you know, who I am today. Yeah, buddy. Well, you got to just uh, just keep it up because you're slaying it right now. So lastly, the celebrating continues for for your family. Your brother got married to his lovely wife, Erica, this past weekend. Uh, how did the wedding go down there? It was awesome. Um, I was in the wedding, but uh, it was, you know, I was writing a speech for my brother. And um, uh, he sort of said it, but. I won't go into detail. Um, like we've done a lot of things together. Um, he said like he got pretty emotional at the at the Wavos thing, and um, the Europe just seeing me win and all that, and uh, to see like my brother get married, it's someone that you know I've done everything with the last sixteen years in racing. Uh, it was emotional for me, but you know it's amazing he got you know he has a good wife uh, now and and just someone that really pushes him to be a better person. Um, so it was, it was amazing. Um, just seeing them happy and, and celebrating them. Uh, that was, you know, special for, for me to see him happy and her happy. Um, so it was awesome. I really enjoyed it. Um, and yeah, that was great. Yeah. That, I love seeing your relationship between you two, you know, to see the pictures of him at the Wavos race and all that stuff. Uh, that's, that's a pretty cool deal. Um, because you can tell how bad he wants it for you, you know, that he's, uh, he's your biggest, uh, yeah, no, for his, sure. He does his biggest, your he's like your biggest cheerleader. Yeah, I, he, I love that. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. And like I told you, like he came over to me and he was like, pretty much like, I got to commit. And I'm like, all right, I'll do it. <laughs> I told my dad in, in that moment, uh, when I was about to go, I was like, just go stand by those tires. Cause I don't know what's about to happen. <laughs> like, I don't know if I'm about to be 25 foot in air and lawn dart this thing, but Hey, we're going to try it. 
Um, but yeah, Cody, Cody saved me at the Wavos thing. I borrowed his rear rotor. Um, so oh, okay. if it wasn't for him, I, I would have been in, you know, in a struggle. So he's looking for his pay cut. No, but <laughs> it was, yeah, it was awesome. He, I was gonna... mine. he keeps joking about he needs his cut. I was going to ask you about a cut earlier when you talked about Isa having to hit the buttons on the machine. So you got all kinds of cuts to figure out, I assume. But, uh, but man, from all of us here at Digging Deep, we want to congratulate Cody and Erica, of course, uh, the rest of the the Ford family. Um, but it had to be a sweet feeling for you to bask in the the winning vibes for another weekend from, from that event uh, the weekend prior. So uh, congrats to you as well, man. Uh, what a performance, what a win, what a weekend. And then to get to kind of celebrate them while still you know i i gotta believe you still had the good vibes flowing from the weekend earlier that had to be a, a pretty great feeling yeah no it was it was super awesome um yeah it was it's been a great three months i don't know when europe was because life's been moving so <laughs> right. fast but right. it's been it's been great the whole thing has been great um you know yeah it's it's been amazing and like you said to see him get married and, and to be part of his wedding it was it was special for me yeah um so yeah pretty much yeah it's been great yeah well enjoy the off season pal hopefully things slow down for a little bit now and uh you're able to take a little time uh take a little downtime to recharge the batteries before a big 2023. That's going to be super exciting, but uh, man, I can't thank you enough for jumping back on here with me. I appreciate your time so much. We couldn't cover the event without talking to the winner, of course. Uh, so thank you so much. And and we always love having you, pal. We appreciate it. Uh, we appreciate your time so much. Yeah, no, thank you for getting me on. I really appreciate it. And um, yeah, hopefully we'll talk soon and I'm excited for next year. Thanks again, buddy. We'll uh, we'll talk soon, okay? That's Wavos Pro Invitational winner, Bryce Ford, right here on the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast, brought to you by Integrative Financial Concepts and their safe-to-race and safe-to-ride insurance programs. See you soon, pal. Congrats again. All he does is win, people. Thank you, Cody. See you, buddy. Man, what an awesome event. What a lineup featuring some awesome conversation. Congrats again to Bryce Ford. Speaking of which, major thanks to tonight's guests, Wes Miller, Bryce Ford, and Casey Greek. Thanks to producer Dallas Jansen, my brother, for all his hard work. Thanks to Brooke and AMA official Harv Whipple. Thanks to all of our donors. You know who you are. We appreciate you so much. Thanks to all of our partners. CSD Tires. Go to shop.csdtires.com today. Yamaha, thanks to Blue Crew. Thanks to SSI decals, DID Racing Chain, Namira Technologies, Bronco ATV and UTV Components, Impact Solutions, Launderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply, the financial advice of the Haymar Financial Group, Forworks Carbon, DP Brakes, Factory 43, Integrative Financial Concepts and their Safe to Race and Safe to Ride Insurance Programs, Binky's Forever ATC Museum, Evans Waterless Power Sports Coolant, Walsh Racecraft, and Manscaped. Get 20% off and free shipping with code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. Support the brands that support our show and don't forget to use those codes to save. Find it all on our website and be sure to click that Rocky Mountain ATVMC banner for all your gear and parts needs this offseason and to help us out. And most of all, thanks to you guys for listening all of our show merchandise is available at shop.diggingdeepatvmx.com so check that out and if you're looking for another easy way to help support us visit our website and click the patreon or buy me a coffee buttons this allows you to set up a one-time or monthly contribution to support our efforts I'm always plugging the voicemail line. If you guys want to call in, talk about a show, a topic, ask questions, uh, anything, we'd love to feature some of that stuff on the show. So that number is 920-569-3519. We want to hear from you, so give us a call. 
Follow the show on social media, Digging Deep ATBMX Podcast, and myself, Cody Jansen, for additional content coverage and more fun stuff throughout the offseason. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. Wherever you find podcasts, you'll find the Digging Deep ATBMX Podcast. All episodes, additional podcast providers, sponsor links and discount codes, show merchandise, fantasy info, and more can all be found on our website, diggingdeepatbmx.com, so check that out today. Be a friend, tell a friend, please download, subscribe, rate, review, and share. And with that, for Wes Miller, Bryce Ford, Casey Greek, Brooke Catherine, Dallas Jansen, and I'm your host, Cody Jansen, thanks for listening to and making us the number one podcast in ATV racing with nearly 186,000 downloads last month in 97 total countries. Until next time, thanks for joining us in Digging Deep with the Stars of ATV Motocross. See you next time. Things are crashing and burning here at the Digging Deep Podcast, much like the Titanic. Those guys were hauling ass, for real. I remember watching Doug Gus, I don't know who it was, Steel City, running the same times Friday afternoon as James Stewart was on Sunday back then. It was mental. I've never seen quads go that fast. Quad leaders are freaking gnarly.